Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's Thursday, September 17th, <laughs> and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 346. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today... Wow, Ricardo Ricardo is like right in the middle of the screen. This I'm is trying, incredible. Just, this I is the it. only way I could figure out to get five people on this fucking screen. Ah, uh, convenient. So Ka- Hello, hi. Yeah, hi, convenient. Ricardo gets to be everyone's little baby right in the middle. Oh, Ricardo's a little baby. I love it. Unbelievable. Also joining us, Patrick Klepik. Hello. Uh, Rob Zachney. I think I'm doing this right. Uh, and Gita Jackson. I don't I know if this Gita. is. I don't know if this is working right. Um, uh, <laughs> You did a great job, Austin, Thank and we're you. all proud of you. Thank you. Uh, if you're hearing this on Friday, and you're like, no, it's Friday, September 18th. Well, you are missing us currently doing our Save Point stream, recording this live, the first live Waypoint episode, Waypoint Radio episode in a long time. Uh, and uh, and yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna fucking do it live, I guess. Uh, how's everyone doing so far? Shoutouts first and foremost to the mods who held it down overnight. Uh, I saw Super Mario Brothers three run. Uh, what else did I see? I saw um, uh, some Noita, that wizard game. You know the wizard game? Noita. I'm talking about. Yeah. No, is it Noita? Noita, Noita the wizard game. Noita? Everyone knows that. Noita? Noita. 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 Anyway, everyone was holding it down really well. Uh, Rob, I saw you play some some Bioshock 2 last night with Danielle. Um, just, that seemed like a fun time. That game still seems good. That game, you know, that game gets off to a rough start is its real problem. You know, okay. it's just uh, yeah. and you started at the start. Yeah, I mean, it, it does a really good job of showing what's new about the game. And uh-huh. so like the things that make Bioshock 2 really interesting are right there at the start. But it also definitely feels like uh, we're back at Rapture, I guess. Right, 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 right. And that that part may be not the most interesting thing that's going on in that game. Um, we uh, already talked about some of the news of the week uh, via stream, but we didn't talk about it here on Waypoint Radio. So I figured we would just kick things off with talking about that PS5 event yesterday, which, which if you missed it, we did do a live stream talk over for, and I don't know, Kato's is getting archived. Sure. Yeah, probably. It's all in the sure. Twitch VOD. Oh, we'll yeah, figure it yeah, out probably. Afterwards. It'll be famous fine. last look, words look, for Vice. I got all of last year's <laughs> save point up. So a year it later, does that count year, as an archive? But it's still Kato's there. It's true. It's true. It's true. God damn. It took a little while. <laughs> And it took a year to get the previous one up. It, it, it happens like that. Um, uh, anyway, yesterday afternoon, there was an event, a Sony event, uh, to talk about some of the PS5s. I almost said PS5's launch titles, but that was kind of in question back and forth as to what was the launch lineup, what 
wasn't the launch lineup? Would games come to other consoles or perhaps even PC? Um, there was some messiness among the messaging, though I think the big takeaway for a lot of folks was that the was the pricing, right? It was the the final pricing of the two units? Uh, you know, unlike the the Xbox Series series, uh, the two boxes have the same hardware inside of them uh, that that Sony is putting out. It's just the the absence of the disc drive in the lower cost model. So the 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 regular model. The one with the disc drive is four ninety nine. The other one is three ninety nine, and that's going to hit November twelfth. Um, in the U, in a couple I, I, of countries, and then and, uh, right, November nineteenth, and, right. and a bunch of others. Um, and I, I've seen people. You know, I think maybe the more I've sat with that, the, that is out of my price range. But the more I've sat with it, the more I'm like, I definitely think that they brought that price down to compete directly with the Xbox. Yeah, they claim not. There is a, I believe, a Washington Post (laughs) interview with Jim Ryan, um, the head of PlayStation with uh, Gene Park over there, um, in which they makes the claim that, no, these prices have been set in stone for a long time. And I just (laughs) I can't refute that with immediate reporting. But my gut tells you you are lying to me. (laughs) Uh, Just that image of Cole Cole Phelps from uh doubt 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 (laughs) Doubt. yeah i mean i'm Um, sure there was a range that's like we can't go higher this we won't go low i i I believe that it wasn't like zero to a thousand and just like throwing darts but (laughs) there's no reason for a company not to take pre-order money because they what they do is they take that money and put it into investments where it will make more money for them so they want to do that as soon as they can that's where the money comes from. Um, so, like, I, I, yeah, I, who who cares? The, the real question for me is, like, what do y'all think of that event? What stood out to you? A lot of games were there. It was a number of games didn't have release dates, including ones that actually did have release well, very, dates. I, well, I would say a very specific type of, of game was there. Um, the yes. showcase, yes. if you are not into... Um, I forget who tweeted this. I think it was Cecilia over at Wired was like, well, if you're not into, like, the semi-open world action adventure spigot then there's really just like like nothing going on in this showcase uh for you because like every almost every game in that showcase was a riff on that in some different direction now that's fortunate for me those games are extremely my shit and so uh like uh, i like um so it was a lot of games that i'm like pretty much across the board really excited uh, about although mm-hmm. that final fantasy trailer didn't hit me that well in the moment and then um if you go back to my timeline there's a tweet thread that someone did once it was revealed that one of the combat designers from capcom who worked on dmc5 and some other game that i'm blanking on um is like heading up combat of oh, which dogma? one was it which one was was it, it dogma yeah. yeah, it was Dogma. Okay. Yeah, it was Dragon's yeah, Dogma. Combat, the combat in Dogma is okay. Um, but DMC DMC is like more by speed and more of what you're seeing sure. in um, uh, that, that trailer. And the isolated gifts you that showed. Okay. Uh, what, do we, would you want to get into a Dragon Dogma I just spat? think that if you had played some other classes, you would have seen that some of the melee in Dragon's Dogma is also fucking sick as shit. I, 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 uh, my only point there is that Dragon's Dogma's combat is a little looser and DMC's is extremely yes, tight. And fair. when I play comp, yes. when I'm... In action games, like I, pr- I really appreciate the precision. It's why I like platform games, yada yada yada. And so, um, mm-hmm. then seeing those gifts where they isolate, like, oh, this is a dash move. Like this is how you're seeing interlinking combos. Like the idea of like some bomb ass Final Fantasy story that is combined with like really really tight DMC level combat is is a really exciting 
pitch. And I strongly recommend checking out those little clips that that, that this person isolated because it really sh- will show you even at this stage in the game for a game that probably sounds like it's 2022. Like they put out a statement <laughs> after the trailer that was like, by the way, um, we're not even talking about this until 2021 again. Hopefully you'll play this someday. So it seems far yeah. off, but the, the <clears throat> combat um, strikes me. Plus also I was not aware that everyone is – there's so many tweets that I saw over the course of the day that was like, I will follow – was it Yoshida? Is it, it Basically it's the director, one of the folks that saved the, the MMO. Yoshi P. Whatever, he's working on a project, don't care. Like we'll follow this man yeah. into the ocean. And so combining those two forces, you know – for a trailer that just seemed like turn up the gamma a little bit, um, it's awfully dark in here. Uh, those things got me really excited for what that project, you know, could actually end up being. I, I, I am I stand alongside and behind my good friends who love Final Fantasy and don't want to see Final Fantasy do a sort of dark fantasy medieval thing because that's what they get other places or they just don't care about that. I am also so of the mind personally that I mean part of this is like Final Fantasy whatever loyalty I felt to the series died a long time ago and it's just like a thing that's among the many things I snack on. It now. feels like SNL, you know, where SNL was the thing mm, once that had Holy I don't shit. No, I mean I'm, am I wrong? Fantasy. Where's the fucking lie? Okay? Listen, I, no, SNL I, was the thing. I like that I like a lot of MMOs great. So no, no, no. essential to comedy was where you would find all of the next up and coming comedy stars, right? Even mm-hmm. like maybe a generation ago, SNL, that's true. If you look at Kristen Wiig and stuff like that, where she's going into all these incredible dramatic roles, mm-hmm. uh, she's going to be in the fucking next Wonder Woman. Now it's uh, Anthony Jeselnik yesterday. I was just like, yeah, SNL got Trump elected. It was like two people getting like Lauren Michaels just rich, helping out another rich guy. He found it disgusting. Comedians don't respect it anymore. It does not have that place of its cultural relevance. For me, like when did that Final last Fantasy one was like the Kristen Wiig of of video games. You but know, when did Final Fantasy like, still have that for you? I mean, it's Final Fantasy. Like I don't know that it it was once such an event in my life, and now I yeah. don't know that it it is. After that last game, it felt honestly that last game felt very final in many ways, and just in terms of its like bonkersness. You know, like I want to go camping with my friends and I want to go on the cup noodle quest and I want to listen to sick tunes in my car while we do banter. And I want to think about Prompto for the rest of my life. I would, I think maybe I would be higher on, I would be, I would be with you more if Seven Remake didn't feel so good. And I don't, I I really think that they, that they they hit something there that surprised me as someone who came into that as a skeptic, not only about the fact that they were going to remake it, but that they were going to remake a game that frankly, I didn't hold in that high esteem anymore anyway. Um, And the fact that they did well by that makes me go like, oh, okay, I'm curious what they're going to bring. And I think that's actually the core thing I want to get to here is that. Do you think they're going to do that for anything other than Seventh? I'm surprised they did it for seven. Like that's the thing is you have to understand. I came into seven remake with lower expectations because it was a thing I already felt like I didn't like anymore. Whereas this, and this is what I want to get to, is I understand the feeling of like, oh, this isn't giving me the aesthetic that I like from pre- some f- previous Final Fantasy games, the brightness, the color, etc. But I fundamentally always just want someone to make the thing that they are excited to make. And if it's not for me, I pass on it, right? So in my mind, I imagine a lot of these people have sat down and spent a lot of time 
figuring out like a thing that makes them they go like okay how do we do this subgenre of fantasy and i want to see them do it and if it's if it turns out to be shitty like i just don't have to fucking play it uh and i think that ends up being my perspective on a series that takes a turn away from what i want um and it just i feel like that's just something that like has gotten me through seeing bioware not make the sort of games i like anymore seeing you know a lot of the the industry move away from that and move and move towards stuff that as patrick said at the top like open world action games is like that's the thing there's a there was a, a thread yesterday from brendan vance on twitter brendan vance 778 on monoculture and the ways in which monoculture is not a state it's a process i think you saw a lot of that in that event yesterday the process of trying to limit down and focus what games, what we were supposed to get excited about, what games were, what was safe and, and stuff like that. And for me, in some ways, even a Final Fantasy game that says like, hey, what if Square Enix tried to play in that Witcher space is not the safest thing that they could do because I haven't seen that they've been able to do that well yet. And I'd rather them take that big swing and try to make something fresh for them. Uh, then have a, a kind of greatest hits compilation again. I kind of already have that now with Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, what else? What else? What else from this event? I think uh, is is worth is worth talking about. I think the big one for some of us was Demon Souls. Uh, Patrick, I know <laughs> that was the one that we marked out for. Yeah, and, and maybe more importantly that we were confused by. Yeah, there was a our first like real look at. Um... You know they didn't show the interface, so there there's a lot that the, and that, like that's pretty key because I think the big question, more so than, you know, like you know I wrote about this in my review of uh, Super Mario 3D All Stars, but like the nature of like remakes, remasters are like so different in video games than how we think of them in other mediums, where yeah. we demand, want, and ask that there are updates made, fundamental changes to how a thing functions because our expectations have changed in a way that like if we ever, you know, we, we would never ask that, you know, for them to like edit a film or change a music track. But that's something that in games we, we have come to expect for in ways that are better and worse. And Demon Souls is such the soul series in general is such a, a tricky balance of weird things. And so I think that I think the trailer looks great. I think it sells its approach on the aesthetic, whether you're for it or against it. I, I think it, it it better sells what they're going for, even if you don't like the approach they're taking to um, updating and uh, the aesthetic of, of Demon Souls. Um, you know, I think like that boss looked. You know, I think you mentioned Austin on, on the stream, like looked better in motion. You know, okay, yeah, great. They're the- going for more of a a Doom 2016 style approach to some of their enemies and. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, it definitely, it definitely stated some of my, some of my fears and concerns. Seeing it in motion again and seeing some of those designs, like uh, they, there did seem like they were meeting people halfway on some of those designs. Well, yeah, there was a tweet. There was changed, a tweet that right? was like, "Hey, they listened to us," which is basically there's a fire. De- I think I don't know if it's the fire deem. I forget what they, the boss is called, but there's the like flame a, lurker. The, yeah, the Please. flame lurker. Um, I, apologies to, to to Mr. Lurk. Uh, uh, that the design shown in the first trailer. Like ne- the the design in the new trailer now more closely matches the From Software design, and th- that's just what makes me so curious about Demon Souls is because you know I think you and I agree that it's like hard for them they're gonna have to touch parts of this game like from a gameplay perspective that I just can't imagine they'll leave alone, and then it's just a question of how do they change it, 
how you know, especially because are they making these in consultations with from software? Are they making it on their right. own? Like there are a lot of unanswered questions that I think they're going to make some people upset. And there are big changes and little changes. We don't know what they're going to. I'm is I'm there right? Like do you do you keep changes. multiple layers of grass that you are farming for in a bloodborne right. style, or right. or right. do you have an do Estes flask or an Estes flask? Right. Or but versus something like. Um, <clears throat> you know, encumbrance or rolling stuff that, that got sanded or sanded down and kind world of, um, tendency, right. World tendency. But I'm saying that there's small stuff that like, maybe the chain, there might be small changes they make that we wouldn't even notice. You know how we got stuff wrong when talking about Spelunky one on the podcast right. the other day. Cause we just haven't played. There's probably lots of little things like that, that they can change. And when you're like, I think this is how it worked. We haven't, I haven't played demon souls in a decade. So who the fuck knows? But the souls community um, is going to pay attention to that. Like there, there are a few, right. few right. communities that are as nitpicky as that in, in, in often in good ways. Like they're a very detailed oriented uh, community. Um, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, and then so then finding out that it's a, a launch game because I came out of we all came out of that event where I was being sarcastic and then I was being like desperately serious. Like, did they yeah. did they announce like a like a single launch game for this machine? Yeah. Because in the event, uh, Spider Man was listed as holiday twenty twenty. Um, Demon Souls did not have a date attached to it at all, which suddenly signaled to me, ah, crud, maybe this is a, a COVID nineteen casualty and it's gonna you know it's gonna. Uh, punt into 2021 which would be totally understandable um and then yeah jeff Keeley's twitter account confirmed that it was uh a because i think he got the press release early um is that it's a it's a it's a launch game um so right presumably and we'll see a lot more of that really soon the, would be my the guess. trailer that went up on youtube originally said that it was a console excuse exclusive but coming to pc coming to be seen it also no, had like a weird no. line that was this is the one that like set off my alarm bells was uh like something about like coming to other co- like consoles later and i was like well what other consoles yeah. would it come to um you know unless unless and this is you know i believe this maybe it was all erroneous or or, or maybe this this will happen eventually uh you know sony later announced that a number of their ps5 games are going to be coming to ps4 as well so um, that includes Miles Morales. That includes the next uh, Horizon, which this is the one that I think a lot of people were kind of taken uh-huh. aback by. Um, and uh, I won't be surprised. Like, there's nothing in that Demon Souls trailer that strikes me as they couldn't pull this off on the PS4 with right. you know um, a little bit of work. And so I won't be shocked at that. Thirty maybe. Yeah. Well, whatever. Like, there's there. there's no, yeah. it looks it looks really nice, but it doesn't look the kind of nice that I'm like this couldn't run. On right. a PlayStation. I was 4. watching a stream, a 1080 stream. So like, who cares? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh, it looks pretty good. So um, yeah, I'll be fine. Um, but I'm curious. So yeah, I'm curious so to yeah. see what those so little details. Not, just to be a hundred percent clear for people who are still confused by it, it is not coming to PC. It is not coming to Xbox. Like, it is going to be a PlayStation ecosystem exclusive for the foreseeable future, no. meaning for years and years and years and years. Um, I, you know, maybe someone buy Sony down the line. <laughs> That'd be a, a big thing. Um. Uh, what else? What else was the was a big thing? I guess Deathloop. Uh, it was nice to see from again. Um, I know Gita and Rob. Uh, you've talked about how good that game has looked in the past. Were you? How do you feel about it this time? Um, I mean it. It still looks good. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's much else to say about it. It's. Uh, I like the the hints of what they're going for with the gameplay. I like the idea of interrupting roots and set. You know, activities. I, I mean, I like all things that have to do with time loops. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm that was the. This was the trailer where they laid out the the idea of like, okay, you have eight targets on this island to kill. For people who don't remember, this is like an immersive sim from Arcane that has kind of like a '70s prisoner aesthetic, sort of, but like funkier. 
um, which is a good mix, I think. Uh, and the idea was like, okay, you have to you have to knock out these eight targets. You could go that night and stop this one dude, but if you fuck with his routine that morning, he won't be in place A, he'll be in place B, he'll go to this party, and at the party is another one of your targets, and so that is where you can like knock out two two birds with one stone. And that that idea was like, okay, as some yes, okay, yes, okay, <laughs> yes. It's um, almost like Rob, a or go ahead, Kata. I was just gonna say it almost feels like uh, a like extrapolated hitman style situation where like you can you know set things right. up and all that, but like in a bigger area with different with like maybe a longer loop than the the on a regular hitman level, you know? Yeah, yeah. That is one of the areas where I am a little bit concerned. Is probably the wrong word. I just need to see how this thing is structured a little bit better because, to a degree, when they're when they're laying out like you have this fixed number of targets and there's different these different permutations of what the possible configurations of the world are based on on how you change it over the course of your run. Um, what that begins to sound like is a really big hitman like mission but a hitman mission not a hitman game a hitman mission (laughs) right right? and so i think the thing that i begin to get a little bit uh interested in seeing is like is the idea that this is such a dense causal sandbox that like you can literally like the main character describes in these these trailers you can literally spend you know dozen scores of hours just like watching the different pieces influence each other based on the little adjustments you make to the timeline is that the game or are there state changes or shifts that like will trigger like different scenarios that you will then also be looping through that's the part of this that i'm not entirely uh also I, i follow also i can't quite tell if the like second player situation is something that is part of the normal yeah, loop or really a different mode what's going on right like with with her you know i yeah i like this thing that they keep throwing in at the end of every time they show death loop which is this other character that's coming <laughs> to kill you yeah but yeah. then they like don't really explain what that is or if that is another player playing with you someone that's playing online like i what is, is that it like something a dark that souls you, invasion situation or yeah it, yeah like i just don't i mean it seems like a fun way to I, that seems like the funnest way to play right like yeah. if i i invade someone random's game and just try to fuck with them like that sounds like uh, uh and the ideal way for this to play maybe yeah, if you have like the ideal run and then the some guy some person jumps in and just like fucks <laughs> up your whole thing i don't know how fun that sounds <laughs> They okay. so it's optional it. multiplayer. They talked funny. about this. Okay. It is optional multiplayer. You can just have that character played by an NPC, mm. um, but you can also flip it on so that it you can play as or or you know that she could be uh, a a player character who who's you know jumping in to fuck you over basically. Wait, so um, either way, that character is always there. That character, that character is always by them the true antagonist of this story. Gotcha. So, okay. so, e- so even the, if the AI is playing it, there's that element of someone chasing is also there, and it's right, not just you like messing with the world. Her goal is to keep the time loop going and prevent you gotcha. from getting out of it. Right. So, so yes, so yes. Um, the so yeah, I mean that's a game that I think a few months ago I was like, damn, I can't wait to play that this year. That's the thing I'm looking forward to most this year. And in being delayed, I've had to like lower my estimation of it just so that I don't feel like bummed that it's not coming out sooner. Um, 
Anything else? Uh, new RE8 stuff that seemed similar to the past RE8 stuff? Yeah, they're assuming. doing a big a TGS presentation. Sorry, soon. Village. Should, um, which, uh, more interesting about that is uh, if uh, there is a, I don't know, Capcom Insider leaker, Dusk Golem on uh, on Twitter. They have been extremely reliable um, with uh, a lot of video game um, insider information, and specifically related to Capcom, which is just strange because Japanese companies tend to not leak, and yet Capcom fully leaks constantly. And like one of the, the tiny bits they had that I thought was was interesting uh, today was that this game. Um, allegedly was not Resident Evil 8. It was something else being developed internally and it like tested really well and people really liked it. And the game that was Resident Evil 8 was, it still exists. It's just coming later. And this game was branded RE8 and brought into the canon. And you know, I bet something like that happens constantly. Like the the canon is fluid and it it is whatever you want it to be. And the idea that you're not just like internally retconning things for situations, I'm sure happens way more often than, than we could ever assume. I just think it's kind of, you know, it's also interesting. It's also, these trailers have never given me the vibe. I was like, just, this doesn't feel like Resident Evil, which is fine and good. I, I love a a game feeling off kilter and, and different. Um, but it does help explain a little bit of why that that game seems a little um, yeah. different. But yeah, I'm excited to see the. I want to see what the mechanics are. I want to see how combat heavy it is. Like that's going to be my big disappointment. Um, is if the actionification of Resident Evil, which is the inevitable arc this series has gone on, like on, that's its time Multiple loop. Times. That's Resident yeah. Evil's death loop. Is <laughs> that like it starts scary and then yeah. but also horror. Horror is a medium. It, but this sometimes. Is not, Sometimes it's good. Sometimes you get Resident Evil Four out of that. Loop. Sure, yeah, yeah, one, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like it, but um, I said many times when seeing stuff about Resident Evil Eight that it looks like they're trying to recapture the the feel of Resident Evil Four with like you know the the villagers and all that. Like, definitely, is it the not the same the exact top. village? It's, is it a different village? That seems like it's the same village. To they me. haven't uh, said. I don't think it's. Maybe that's rude of me. That's rude of me. I'll, I haven't heard any what? Spanish yet, so I don't know. That's true. That's, the thing. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get much of a Spanish vibe from from, the, from this village. But <laughs> that's fair. Um. Uh. Yeah. I'm. I'm curious to see more at their like proper presentation uh, to see sort of just like what the moment to moment gameplay is like. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get lucky and it'll be like it's this big open space, but we're putting you in like confined places along the way to like right. keep a little bit of that a vibe. Um. Because I don't think they've announced it yet because Sony hasn't announced their PSVR two that appears to be happening but it's supposed to have you know full vr support again and i re7 is a great game and i think it's a transcendent game in vr like it's it's like meaningfully different in that experience so it's very scary uh yeah it's it's, it's fucked um i hate it i hate it, I hate it. you it's should fucked. like I hate it. it's i had to do it in increments um i even i couldn't um like do it in more than like two hour chunks and uh yeah i don't it's rare to have an experience that is that affecting so i'm that's i guess i'm hoping for them to catch lightning in a bottle a second time if possible yeah. Anything else we want to shout out for this thing? I guess uh, really quick, the uh, PS Plus collection thing is a list of PS4 games that will be available to PS Plus subscribers on really quick. Wait, is it on PS5? If yes. I have a PS4 yeah. and a PS Plus, I don't get those games. No, this is meant to be uh, like games that are getting enhanced on PS5. With It's a look back at the library okay. on, on PS4. Um, Just making sure. Uh, and... um. Yeah, I think that's that, like I, I think it's smart. I think that that's a really big good value. First party stuff. Last of Us, God of War, D- Detroit, big Bloodborne. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, let's see what there was the Harry Potter game, but you know, 
Fuck off. Fuck off. Well, I mean, that was certainly, I I will say, like, yesterday, I think, was one of the clearer days where it started to realize, like, it started dawning on me how much damage has been done to the idea of, like, Harry Potter as a thing that people want to play with or play inside. Uh, Because I didn't see, admittedly, really self-selected, like, Twitter feed. So, like, what I'm going to see is not, like, like, some sort of objective reality. But a lot of folks that, like, I don't necessarily uh, consider as being, like, particularly, like, militant about, like, entertainment choices are just done with the series. They're done with... Because I think at this point, it's not just that J.K. Rowling has been masked off for so long enough that, like, ooh, really problematic creator. Because she wouldn't stop fucking with Harry Potter, and because it's such an easy series to sort of begin untangling what's going on inside of it it's now way harder to like all the things that like you know when harry potter first came out and you sort of go like huh is that weird is that does that seem a little racist that seem <laughs> is there is there a little bit of like a is there weird, a subtext here is there a, yeah. seems like kind of oppressively heteronormative i don't, I don't know mm, you know what <laughs> i can imagine i'll bet you know i'll bet all the cool stuff is happening outside <laughs> all the cool stuff in Harry Potter is happening just outside the frame. Uh and now I think that sort of rationalization is gone. Um and yeah. so what you're left with is how much do you want to play with uh Harry Potter, which I saw some folks talking about like how much do you want to go to Tory Wizard School? <laughs> Right. I mean, so I, I've definitely seen some people slowly try to shift into rationalization mode. The developers didn't say those things, and don't really rationalize it. Da, 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 just da, da, da. like, like, like you just you just have to sit. With, you just have to sit. It's like, look, I want to play it. I like the Harry Potter world. Fuck her. It sucks. I constantly play things that are compromised, and this is the one where I'm just. This is my thing. Like you, you, you have to say that. Out. You have to. You own have to it. say out loud that you care more. That you're happy to give this transphobe money so that you can go to your wizard. I watch an NFL league every week where like black athletes are exploited and concussed. Like literally yesterday, my, my boyfriend like was like, it's too bad. That game looks sick. And it's like, I can't even muster the emotion to say that it looks sick. sick. Uh, I'm dealing with my fucking own gender shit. And I know that this woman really like literally thinks that I'm a predator because of that. Right. Because of that. Yes. Yes. I, if you want, if you want to own the fact that you want to go to wizard school and that's more important to you, than the ongoing safety of your trans friends, then yeah. like that's your like that's your that's what? your cross to bear. I know we all play stuff that's compromised. I listen to music that's compromised. I know that there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Right. But I feel like it's not just like her opinions, it's in the text. It's embedded within the text. And she's written so many books now about she, how dangerous she finds trans women, especially. She specifically is alive and profiting in a way that is very clear because we know how carefully she controls the rights to Harry Potter and everything that comes out. She's so involved in all of that shit that it's like there's I think sometimes there's a there's a, a sort of degree of safety and abstraction that happens when you say when I say safety I mean sort of safety that you give your own brain <laughs> to prevent it from falling into the gap of realizing you don't like the thing that you're doing when you say like oh yes this is compromised because what you get to then not say is which ways in which it's compromised the ways in which that it is fucked up and i think that like if if the people who i've seen talk about like oh yeah but the developers da, 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 if if they really sat with themselves and said this is the way in which this is fucked up i suspect most of them would be like 
I can't rationalize this. I'm going to move on. I'll find something else to do with my time. There are a billion other things coming out that also excite me or that are I'm curious about. Maybe they don't tie into the same nostalgia that that I had for this thing as I grew up with it, but I will find another thing to do with my time. Uh, and and I believe that that's possible. Like I think that the world is filled with in, in, uh, you know a plethora of things that you have not experienced yet. You don't need the open world Harry Potter art. You don't. You don't need it. I promise you, you will find other things to do at that time. They might also be compromised things, but they will be things that aren't literally giving money to this transphobe. So that's my, that is my position on it, I think, you know? Um, uh, anyway, there is, that is the Sony event, more or less. God of War tease, some other stuff, but that, that's Five the Five Nights of it. at Freddy's on a console. Yeah, on console. wonder what that is. Black Ops, I don't, yeah, it's, you Whatever. know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Yeah. I like Miles. I think the soundtrack in that was dope. Uh, disclosure, I've worked with Evan. Evan is working on this game. Evan Narciss, and Evan is working on this game. Uh, so, so disclosure there. But, you know, I, I, I'm I, curious to see what that game looks like. Thankfully, I can just play it on PS4. I don't have to buy a PS5 for it. So mm. uh, so that's nice. Boy, what was that? What was that? Hmm. I think one of the reasons I fell off Spider-Man, though, was like on the base PS4. That was a rough <laughs> experience. I do like, a PS4 Pro. I have a Pro, yeah. so that should see me through it. It should. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, uh, I don't. How much are manageable loading times <laughs> worth to me? Like, uh, like, what would it be like if I could remember what was happening at the start of my play session? Like, by the time the next level loads, how what my experience right. of Spider-Man had been like? I think it would be good. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought of another. Oh, I think the last thing that kind of bubbled up out of this was a larger discourse around what might happen with game prices over this next few years. Uh, as it came out that a number of these launch games are going to be, or a number of these games coming out are going to be seventy dollars, including Demon Souls, which I think all the, all the first party been, stuff is is going. Is, it, to be is that what it is? It's all so, the first yeah, party. Yeah, Sony's okay. just whereas Microsoft is doing what uh, when we made the leap from fifty to sixty, what happened yeah. was first parties said, "Hey." Not right now, and then just a year later, roughly all of their games um, shifted over. Um, and Microsoft is doing that game with the Xbox, but Sony is just being like, you know what, you're gonna pay 500 bucks for this PS5. You're sure as hell gonna pay 70 bucks for uh, Demon Souls. And Dude, oh, so this is what made me realize I can't fucking buy this box. Is that like, all right, 500 bucks for the box plus tax in New York. <laughs> So that's, you know, 550 bucks, 570. I don't even know what, what retail tax will be in, in New York. I don't, I, what is eight, it? 8.9 is it There's only 8 point, shit? why am I thinking it's 10%? Anyway, somewhere Maybe in there. Yeah. Then a $70 game plus tax on that. You're looking at like 600 and change, 630, $640 to play Demon Souls Day 1 on the PS5. I can't swing it. I think it's, I, and I think a lot of people can. I think last night in the fervor of seeing a lot of people we know on Twitter, rush to pre-order these things like it's a shoe drop like it's a sneaker drop is like i get the excitement around it but i also like dude that's a lot of money for something that has nothing coming out on it besides a couple of things in the first six months you know i don't know i i i feel like people it's like, a lot of money people like souls games people like souls games <laughs> i like souls games yeah um i even, I, I, even I think it's also i think it's like also souls true games. that what, what um this is like just anecdotal from when I, I did a tweet from about a week ago asking folks like how COVID impacted 
or is or isn't impacting like their sort of like decisions on next gen and 4k yeah. and like just you know a moment that for a lot of people they were probably saving money leading up to this one being like yes like this is a moment where i'm going to spend a decent amount of coin and like kind of upgrade my plethora of of game stuff depending on whether you get all the platforms or, or just uh sit, sit with one and you know, it's a small, unrepresentative, non-scientific sample size, but like a lot of people have more disposable income. Like lots of people have been really hurt in COVID. Lots of people have lost their jobs. Lots of people are struggling to make their rent and their right. mortgage. There's a lot of people who aren't paying for daycare, aren't going out, didn't take a vacation, and suddenly find themselves with, you know, three to four thousand, if not more, extra dollars. That hey, the thing I can do is I can't see my friends. I can't go out. Like video games bring me comfort, and so I'm gonna splurge. Like there right. was a lot of people that I heard that was like, I don't have any money, but I suddenly have extra money this year. Um, and so, you know, I, these would have sold. The, the sneaker drop analogy is apt. That would have happened regardless. But I do think there is an element of like people. It, it's a group thing, and like there aren't that many group things right now. And like I know it's weird to be like a pre-ordered as a group thing, but. There was like an element of fun watching people be like completely weird and lose their minds trying to hit See up, the game trying to hit, trying to, there are the, the, the check, try, people just complaining about the checkout button at Best Buy, um, like which I was engaging with. I was, I was like, you hit checkout. It didn't do anything. <laughs> like it was, it was wild. And I think there is that it's, you know, it was one of those kind of communal moments for, you know, for, for, for better and worse reasons. But um, I think some people have more access to more money right now despite it being a really tough time for a lot of other people too yeah totally um let's go to the other big event this week which was this morning which uh, you know everything i'm looking at 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 re notices everything nintendo announced in today's partner showcase and the biggest the image up top is the the very pretty image of Hades, who uh who uh or not who i mean that's not the name of the character the name of the character is what is it? Something that Gius oh, it? Gambling at Yugita. He's Hades' son. Right. I forget because you are him. What his name is. Zag Zagreus? Zagreus. Zagreus. Yes. Zagreus. Uh who who uh, is now in 1.0. Hades dropped today on Switch, which is wild. I have not got a chance oh, to dig shit. into it yet. Gita, are you very happy? Are you? I'm so happy. I opened up the Epic launcher so that I could get this fucking update as soon as it launches. I need it. I, I actually started playing again after taking a long time off because you mentioned it was close to 1.0 yeah. um, a couple nights ago. And there is something so special about Super Giant Games and the way that they take several different established sort of genres of storytelling and gameplay and mash them together into something that feels very wholly new. Like that, I I am not a person that seeks out roguelikes, but this mm-hmm. does stuff with storytelling in combination, like a consistent storytelling that is meant you're meant to be experiencing these same events over and over and over. Right. It's not just like a, a a flimsy logical justification for why you keep doing this shit. It's uh, I really intent. It's a story that's told over the futility of escape, and it's about the that futility. And um, I just really also love classic twenty twenty story. The futility yeah. of escape, the futility damn! Of escape. That's yeah, a story anyway. I want to engage in and feel good about. Oh yep. no! Uh-huh. Anyway, weird I'm very, I'm very excited the, to play that game. Let's yeah. talk about the weird and horny elements, Skeeta. Oh, I yeah, just the Greek gods in this game. My favorite thing is uh, Aphrodite is just fucking totally nude all the time. She's always calling you your little her little godling. 
listen, it's just if you this, like every every all the Greek gods are just like a different brand of British horny person. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, shout outs, shout outs to the Greek gods. Y'all are doing yeah. it. Y'all doing the most out there. Um, other stuff that came out of this event, so, you know, some small, not small, because it depends on you know, it depends on what you what you're here for. But you know, there's a, a new Disgaea coming, which I did not expect to see. Disgaea, um, uh, Rune Factory Five is extremely exciting for me, and and probably like you know, 10% of the, the rest of our audience. Um, uh, and then and then a big one up top, uh, a pair of Monster Hunter games, Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2, um, uh, which I think is the kind of RPG series where you get a monster and you're buds with the monster. Yeah, it, was, it came out on 3DS. Right. Um, yes. I'm a little yes. surprised that the first one did, wasn't getting like a Switch port to get Me people. Because yeah. I had heard good things about it and, you know, it's... It, uh, you know, I, I was reacting in real time to you, Austin, when you mentioned there was a new Monster Hunter. And I was like, oh, shit, did they announce a next-gen Monster Hunter while I was sleeping? Because, um, yeah, like, you know, I have I like Monster Hunter a lot, but also, yo, if you made a single-player Monster Hunter, which I know is just going to be Dragon's Dogma 2. I get it. Like, I'll just I'll, 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 <laughs> I have to sit on that yeah, yeah. for for another year or two. But um, Well, wait, when, when's TGS? Capcom's going to do some shit at TGS, right? Maybe it'll, yeah, I, also, I'm increasingly of the mind of, like, what? You, you, if Dragon's Dogma yes. 2 is not getting announced this year, you would have fucking sat on that anime for another that anime year. anime comes out. Oh. Dog, that anime comes out tomorrow. So it's got to be. There's got to be a teaser, right? There's got. Like, that game has been in pre-pro while DMC5 is getting finished up. They're ready to hit the ground running. That game, holiday 2021. Let's go. That's what I'm saying. Let's fucking go. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, the the other, so besides the the RPG or what we think is an RPG in in stories, Monster Hunter Rise is the, the new fully featured traditional monster hunter not game a port which is Switch. cool not a port which is what i yeah last yesterday we talked about it. i don't know if it was on here that we talked about it or not but but we were saying i was asking you if you thought the new monster hunter that was coming that was rumored to be coming today or coming soon was going to be just monster hunter world and i was like ah if i was gonna play that again i would just play right. it again on pc yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but seeing this which is sort of wow, like they a got japan fantasy japan ninja vibe samurai and ninja vibe uh where you got a fucking bug grappling hook oh like the mechanics look really grappling fun hook. they look yeah. so fun man i'm ready i'm like i'm on board let's go um you get a wolf that you ride around like a horse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be curious to just, see how much is uh, because for Vazir out of the trailer, it's like one person fighting um, the, the different creatures, and so obviously it's a monster hunter game. So unless it's something like they, st- they show multiplayer, no, no, I know, they, but I just okay, I just okay. wonder uh, like where the balance will be on that. Like, is it possible that Rise, you know, will have like or just more allow for a single player experience? Like, well, granted, you could do a lot of right, world by yourself right. if you wanted, and it wasn't until you got to. Fuck it. What was that like fight that me, you, and Danica were doing? Nante. Nergigante. Nergigante. I think that's the one where we finally that. had to like team up. We did Nergigante. We did Nergigante yeah. together. Who was the wind that one? That was, I mean, that one I, we'd never beat together as a group. We right? got to the like, end. That, like we got within like yeah. three hits uh-huh. and then ran out of time. Even remember that one. The one that I remember us like trying three times and finally getting was Nergigante. That was the one that I felt like we couldn't do alone. And and that's um, and that's where like you could play most of the game by yourself and then you hit that cat. And maybe Rise's Rise will work the same way. I just um, I don't. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to to dig into that one. Yeah. March twenty sixth, not that far off. Um, I'd be what do you think you played it by myself. 
damn okay it took forever it took a lot of time well it's like damn. i had to look up many guides and like there was a trick i get like the right well the the, I, so I didn't trick. i didn't die to him it was i ran out of time like when i tried right. to do it so it was yes. just like right. yo if i got like another 20 minutes i like i saw i saw i saw him crawling away and making me feel bad um but i <laughs> you know i wanted to slice up that meat <laughs> the guilt I just, mode <laughs> yeah i just yeah. didn't have enough time to to to, to put him down um so uh, listen, what I know is I saw my my weapons in there. I think I saw the the switch axe in there. They looked like there were some new some new weapon types that looked like some cool ninja shit going on with like the sort of like chain like whip thing, which looked sick. I'm gonna have um, to go fundamentally different. Like I, I did the hammer yeah, I think in so world, too. and I think I'm gonna purposely just tell myself. Okay, new playing weapon, this new, new weapon, Learned new me, yeah. new year, um, <laughs> new console. Don't want to bring console, a hammer down on this. You know, I got maybe something yes. a little lighter, maybe something a little more agile. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for it. And listen, yeah. you get cool wolf pets that you can ride around. There's like big that's great mounts. That's great. The the kind of like uh, jumping around the wall. There's a wall running in a monster. Or is the is the idea that it's going to be like a hit Y and like whistle it over? Like, is it an on command? I no, it, I don't know. So it's it's the way that they said it was like you get two you get two pals in every outing as a single player. You get one in multiplayer, and one of them can be a palico, which is your cat buddy. Yep. And one of them can be a Palamute, which is the wolf buddy. Or you could do two and two. Ooh. So you could go out with two cats. You could go out with two wolves. Um, well, yeah, presumably the wolf is like more combat heavy and the cat is more like item I think it's the opposite. Heavy? Was, no? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because <laughs> the cats. The cats have the always wolves? been. The cats have always yes. acted like a second player, basically. In the exactly. Like the, your Palico's got a little hammer or whatever and also does damage and mostly tanks stuff a lot of the right, time. Will right. distract the monster so you can get so hits can, in. Or drink a potion or <laughs> yeah, whatever. or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, whereas I don't know if the wolf... Oh, yeah, this wolf has a knife. <laughs> this wolf has a knife. <laughs> I take it back. Yeah, no. Yeah, this uh, wolf... Podcast this wolf is right fighting. This yeah, wolf why has not? a knife. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that is correct. You've got it right. This says... Canine, C-A-N-Y-N-E, mm-hmm. uh, attack type, feline, F-E-L-Y-N-E, support type. And that's doing like the healing bubble stuff that it did in, mm. in World. It's You know what was cool about seeing this? It was like, I'm a Monster Hunter guy now. Oh, that's oh, what, right. That's the most exciting part <laughs> of like getting into, like when I when World clicked, and even though I knew I wasn't going to beat it, and I wasn't going to do the high-end you know, armor grind, mm-hmm. it was just so, it's like it's so exciting when you play a new game, and then you're like, Oh, I'm one of these people now. I can be, right. I can get excited when they announce the new one and like figure out what it is and I which ones are for me and I probably won't play stories too. Like I'll probably just stick with Rise. Um yeah. but it's exciting to be a and that just makes me even more excited for the inevitable, you know, Monster Hunter World 2 um right. for for next gen because I I know that some I was reading somewhere that the um like the last content update for World um through the ice expansion is soon, which would sort of signal like, hey, you know, end of service life for this game. We're transitioning to, you know, full production on on, on the next one. Really quick, I want to break into our live stream to note that we just crossed $40,000 raised for, for the national bailout. Woo. We are coming close to our current goal of $42,069. Uh, $42, uh, <laughs> so I hope we hit that soon. Incredible work by everyone who's watching the stream. And if you are listening to the podcast at home, you can come watch uh, us continue to stream kind of all weekend at savepoint.stream. That is also where you can donate. The stream will be embedded there. You can see the chat at twitch.tv slash waypoint. 
Um, you can also see there is a chat button on safepoint.stream if you oh, want to stay there, there? and donate. Yeah, it's good. Sick. Awesome. I'm not going to read through uh, uh, donations right now because we're doing a podcast, but thank you to everyone who has donated a lot, uh, a lot and a little money because it counts. Uh, both both amounts count, it turns out. We need both styles of donation to get up to this to this number, to get to this fucking goal. Um, uh, some other stuff from that Nintendo event. Uh, Empire of Sin was there, which, Gita, you also just dropped an Empire of Sin tweet in the... Yeah, uh, turns out 45 minutes ago they finally announced a release date for yeah. not for all the platforms. Uh, it's not coming just out Switch. On just, yeah. Not just Switch. It's Good. coming out December 1st on Max, uh, PC, Max, Switch, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. And actually, I, I brought this up specifically because I was thinking while I was playing Crusader Kings for the millionth time, just whiling away the hours... I was thinking, man, if this game is good, yeah. fucking Empire of Sin is absolutely going to destroy my social life and my yeah. mind. I hope it's I, good. I got to see uh, the, the first and probably last E3, I got to see watch John Romero do a demo. <laughs> that was a and fun demo. Yeah. Yeah. It was a real, it was a great fun demo. But then you think about what the Crusader Kings 3 is doing with the interconnectivity of the world and the yeah. way that people have opinions that you don't know about that will yeah. like strongly influence how they how the AI approaches the game. And you just think like the combination of that plus all this prohibition era gangster shit in Chicago. Yeah. And I just like melt into a puddle of You know I want like a dope tactics game with that with that strategy layer, that yes. like grand yes. strategy mm -hmm. character driven mm -hmm. shit. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, they did really emphasize in that demo, which is I guess the first the only the closest thing to gameplay I've seen of that. <laughs> uh that there will be character the characters are driven by their connections in the world. Right. And that just opens up like if it's any if it's even like ten percent Crusader Kings level of like character focus, I'll be yeah. so happy. Yeah, I think totally. My concern with that game has always been there's so much going on in it that like all the parts and like I think I saw I saw a dem the demo at E3 and then later I saw a demo at Paradox Con. And what both demos had in common was like a ton of really interesting ideas, but all of them seemed in terms of like execution just a little bit now early builds, so you expect <coughs> this, but all of them seemed just a little bit off from where I wanted them to be. Mm. And I think my real concern is that um, particularly with tactics layers, standards are really high right now you know what i mean like there's got to be a feeling of like impact and weight to combat and in the builds i saw it was super kind of loose and about like setting up specials uh from mm -hmm. from your characters Interesting. and so okay. i'm a little bit like i really hope they put this time to good use and just like focused in on like what they had and just like you know kept working with that polish right uh because like there's a there is a history of really ambitious gangster games coming out and kind of whiffing because a gangster game has to do like so many things. It has to be a uh, Godfather-esque like story of mob relationships and betrayal and politics, etc. cetera. Uh, it's got to be a game where button men take to the streets and gun each other down in like barbershops. It's also got to be a small business sim. Uh, where you're building out your, your lemonade stand, except uh, lemonade in this case is uh, distilleries and gambling dens. And I remember when I talked to John Romero about this yeah. very thing, uh, part of it, he said, um, Brenda Romero doesn't fly, so she wasn't there, was that this is like literally 
Brenda Romero's dream games. Like she's right. been thinking about all of these elements for decades now and has been trying to figure out how to combine them into a satisfying overall game. And I, with that recommendation, I think most, <laughs> the most amazing thing about John and Brenda Romero is that you can tell by talking to him how much faith he has in her ability and skill and how much he admires her talent and how much he feels like she is the actually only person in the entire world that can make a game that is doing all of the things you just said. <laughs> so I, I'm choosing to believe that these two incredibly accomplished game developers are not going to whiff this one. But I, I understand the apprehension because it is a genre that, especially Prohibition-era stuff when with your, like the small business sim is like such a huge part of that era of mafia and gangsterness because you yeah. are like the way that you make money is by selling <laughs> selling like a commodity that's been banned, you know, very classic shit. But it's like the entirety of your power is whether or not you can sell contraband alcohol. Um, I don't know. I, I hope that after thinking about this game for multiple decades, that this game does all the things that it should be doing genre wise. Um, but I do feel like it's hard to tell until you've got your hands on it, how satisfying you can make the, con the tactical combat moves and how how punchy each element is going to feel. Like, is this going to feel like in Crusader Kings, where everything is sort of loosely tied together in a web? Uh, because I've seen it, like, in the early, like, the first generation of, like, a Stellaris, where it, it didn't quite feel connected. You could feel the segmentation between the mid-game and the early game and the late game very, very much, and it never really felt like the decisions you made in each part of the game affected each other. Yeah. So... It, it it can go both ways, but I hope that with this specific team on it, it'll go well. Totally. Any other stuff we want to shout out before we go to break in terms of news or other stuff? When we come back, we can talk about some games we've been playing and, and hit some emails. But anything else? Mm -hmm. All right. Let's take a quick break. As a reminder, if you're watching live in the chat, please donate to help us raise money for National Bailout, which is a, uh, a collective that is Black-led and Black-centered uh, of abolitionist organizers, lawyers, and activists who are building a community-based movement to support uh, people and to end systems of pretrial detention and ultimately to, to help end mass incarceration. Um, there is uh, some information about them over on SavePoint.stream. Uh, right now, we are at $40,215.67. We'd love to hit this $42,069 goal while doing uh, Waypoint Radio. Let's crush that goal. Let's move on to the next one. If you're listening to this uh, during Yeah, you can still, yeah, weekend, don't, let's not, hey, you're listening. Like, get on, you know, get through. off the couch, get off whatever. Come Maybe through. you're running, like, load up your phone. Like, you we're going to be doing this for multiple Check days it. when this drops. You can right. still donate. You can still come through. We have stuff planned every day. When mods are going all night, there will be something on for you forever. I think I'm doing an overnight stream because we, we crushed the stretch goal that we didn't even say out loud <laughs> so quickly <laughs> that I will be doing an overnight stream. Uh, I guess, what is that? That's Saturday into Sunday. So if, if you are like me, don't know how to go to sleep at night, you can come through and hang out with me. But every night we got people going. Every day Austin we Austin Walker going. sleep stream. Austin Walker sleep stream. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. No. <laughs> Lines will be. Out. No. Nope. You got your, your sleeping bed and your streaming bed. It'll all work out. <laughs> Just order yourself a weighted blanket. <laughs> really boring, paranoid, I have a weighted blanket. Listen. Oh, it's finally cool enough in New York. It's not quite weighted blanket like weather yet, but it's right on the edge. Of it's it. early I, enough that you can do it and sweat a little and just be like, this is yeah. fine. Oh, this feels good. <laughs> it's fine. This is fine. You can, I can nap with it. I can't sleep with it, but if Fair. I want to take a nap, I sure. can do a weighted blanket nap. Anyway, anyway, we should go to break. We'll be right back. Uh, we're going to take five minutes. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We are back with our special Save Point edition of Waypoint Radio. In the time it took us to take a break, we cracked our goal of $42,069. <laughs> pack it in to this podcast is over. Great. Oh, we did it. I can't. They, they, they wanted that's us to shut it. up so bad, they donated money. So you that know what? I, that's, I feel that way all the time. <laughs> Give me um, money so I'll shut the fuck up. Yeah, a, that's basically my mode. <laughs> there was a big, big donation who just came in from uh, Michia uh, Kig who says, end cash bail and smash the prison system. Thanks, Waypoint and Mods, for everything you do. Keep being good and being good at it. $2,500 donation Ooh. takes us over. Oh, that, okay. Now, uh, all right. That's, yeah, all right. See, that all makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's, this is America, baby. You just need one person to really want you to shut up to, <laughs> to make the difference. Uh, some one person with some cash in their pocket. Uh, we'll have to update that goal. I think now is when we do $69,420. Yeah. Oh, right? hell yeah. yeah. Changing that right so, now. Here please change that goal. We got to keep on going. Uh, shout out to everybody who has donated so far. Shout out to everyone listening. Please go donate. Savepoint.stream is the URL. Let's pick it up where we left off. Uh, Nintendo stuff. Patrick, um, how, uh, your, your review yep. of this... Mario Welcome collection, to the, Super uh, Mario 3D the Sunshine All-Stars. cast. No. It's a me. Uh, <laughs> the, the Sunshine Defender has logged on. Um, you Your headline for this, which I assume you had some input on, is Super Mario 3D All-Stars features great games inside a missed opportunity. Yep. Which I is a bummer that. of a way to introduce me to this, this collection. What, uh, what's up? Yeah, I think Super Mario 3D All-Stars is a collection of great games that fails to be more than just here's a bunch of games have fun um mm. uh it fails in some bigger ways depending on the game you're talking about um i think the one that's worth dissecting for people who don't know super mario 3 all-stars is a switch game that comes out uh on a thursday night i forget how the eShop updates it comes out officially on friday um in which it has um uh, super mario 64 uh super mario sunshine and uh super mario galaxy um, one game for N64, one for GameCube, one for the, uh, the Wii, um, separated by about 15 years. I think it might be technically 14 years. Um, and Mario 64 is, uh, I tell the story in my piece, but, um, you know, I was, our house was a Nintendo house, uh, growing up. So Mario was like a very important, like defining figure in me getting introduced to video games. And I was like, so just unbelievably excited for Mario 64. Like this is an era where every time a new EGM came in the mail, that was like my Bible. Like I studied every word like over and over <laughs> again. Um, uh, it was just, uh, I, I, that's all I looked forward to every month was just like the new EGM to see the, the games that were like coming from, you know, Japan um, that would, you know, that back then could come a year too later, two years later after they were um, released over there. And, 
Mario 64 came out in, uh, I believe, June of 1994, 1996, uh, 94, I think, maybe. Um, and they came out in September in, in, in the United States. And I'd only seen these screenshots, and there was this movie theater that my uh, family used to frequent, and right next to it was an import shop. Um, and these were more, like, common in the 90s where you'd have uh, places where they, you know, actually, like, imported games from from Japan um, that you could pick up at exorbitant, un- like, crazy prices. Um, but I would go in there, and I couldn't afford anything, and my parents were smart and not going to buy any of it for me, but <laughs> I... It was just like a place to gawk at while someone waited in line to buy the movie tickets. Um, and so I went in there and I remember like looking out of the corner of my eye and seeing what I thought was like a promotional tape for the N64. And it turns out, no, they had an imported N64 with Mario 64. And uh, in front of that TV was a sign that said uh, they were charging money to play it. I don't know how much it was. I, I, my brain wants to say $10 for 30 minutes, um, but I can't exactly remember the cost. But seeing that game, um, I'd be curious, like, for people who are uh, younger, like, when they have a similar moment. But, like, I'm hard to imagine I will ever experience something close to Mario 64 again, um, which is like the fact that that game even existed was like, so like, it just didn't make sense. Like I'm not I looked a, at I'm Mario a, and t- Oh, go ahead. I'm saying I'm not a VR guy the way that you are. Did, did VR not have a similar, it was like, pretty close. Come, that was because like, wow it was like, it was you? like the idea of an intro, like a different way of even looking at a video game. Um, right. That's the thing that I'm trying to zero in on because I think if you grew up with polygonal 3d games, this moment might not read to you. They just can't. Way. It just literally can't. Like because you existed you your whole life that. where things move left right. to right, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> like it moves everywhere. Like it just didn't. It, moves, it didn't yeah, make sense. Yeah. Like, um, and the fact that it played so well and like it just it's it, it re- like it fundamentally broke my brain. I've, I VR is maybe the closest I've ever come to something that transcendently di- transcendently different and i don't know that i'll experience yeah. that again I'm, 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 like where you just see so clearly a, oh, a, a leap like it's i know why vr doesn't feel like that it's because we already do that <laughs> yeah like your yeah. eyes perceive yeah. depth so we, yeah. that's part of it yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know it's um i remember also playing the mario 64 for the first time and uh, i was much younger than you well not much i was younger than you though yeah um at a different stage of like uh emotional development so like it wasn't so the the knowledge that i was moving on to a different mode of even looking at a video game was not quite so strong right but i do remember feeling like nothing would ever look this like i couldn't believe that it won't get better than this. People? Like, wow, yeah, we've reached the top of the yes, mountain. Yes. Like, video games <laughs> have done it. Yeah, it did. It honestly did feel like I would look at, you know, these fucking 64 polygons and just be like, I can't believe human beings made something that looks so much like life. What the fuck? And you look at it now, it feels ridiculous. But it's look like at these that, shitty that. sprites on these, uh, these uh, <laughs> like, no, trees. Look at this little triangular nose. Like, <laughs> but it, it does feel like even when you... you Somehow I do have the ability when I look at videos of Mario 64 because I'm mostly looking at people who have discovered secrets in it and like YouTube videos mm-hmm. and not playing it myself. Yep. I do sometimes feel that same wonder. That's just sort of like, I can't believe I got to play this video game for the first time when it came out at the time. And I got to see that happen, yeah. you know? 
Right, and so that's like the problem with 3D All Stars is that game's old. Like it is just <laughs> old yeah. as fuck. Like it, time comes for us all, and it, it has come for Mario 64 <laughs> as well. And uh, so playing it, uh, you know, like this is like we were talking about Demon Souls, and I had alluded to my thoughts on 3D All Stars. Is like, what is the goal of like revisiting these games? Is it just to sell you the old experience? Um, is it to try and bridge the gap between, in your mind's eye, what was it like to play that game, and then do the appropriate sort of like right. quality of life and modernization things that keep the core of what it is, but allow um, you to not either be annoyed by what hasn't like gracefully transitioned t- 20 years later, um, or to also allow a new generation that would otherwise not be able to like put them they don't have the nostalgia glasses like they don't have the appreciation for having the emotional appreciation for growing up in that era they don't have that so when you see the thing that looks old it just looks like a thing that looks old and the things that are bad about it just by the virtue of time um stick out more and right. you look at a thing right. like tony hawk's pro skater and i i don't know that you can look at a better example of and you may fundamentally disagree and be like actually the old thing should just be the old thing and let it be um and there's you can do the purest angle, but I also think Tony X Pro Skater was an example of finding a way to do both to satisfy folks that grew up through a period with that game while also recognizing it's coming out in 2020. Standards have changed, video games have changed. Like, how can this game fit within that context? Still, still feel culturally relevant outside of just what is its historical relevance, and like that allows it to be culturally relevant, which is true for a game yeah. like Mario 64. It's funny uh, that yeah. you, I, I haven't seen that same pushback that we got on like the blue point shadow of the colossus remake with tony hawk that like i haven't seen a lot of people being like oh this loses some of the (laughs) the majesty of the original lower fidelity graphics and you know chomped up uh uh wave file or probably not even wave file music clips uh everyone's like you know this is tony hawk to me this 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 gets at the soul of what tony hawk not everyone but you know enough people general consensus traditionally part of it yes the people traditionally who i've seen push back on a lot of remakes have not done that with tony hawk yeah part of it i think has to do with the way that they have framed the, the Tony Hawk et al. have framed the project and what the goals of the project are. And mm. it's not just to be a remaster for mega fans. This is, they're, they're, you know, putting the original skaters in as older people and they're bringing in a whole new generation of skaters that are internationally like part of this scene that has continued to develop without Tony Hawk right. as, you know, the biggest name in it. So this is less about you know, a, a being an essentialist recreation of Tony Hawk 1 and 2 and more about creating a spa- a way that this game can be accessible to a new audience of people that could be inspired, so inspired by this game like I was when they were young that they, you know, get bullied out of becoming a skateboarder like they wanted Aww. to by their neighborhood teens. Yeah. Damn. Oh, Damn. You, know, you, can complete, you can get a complete uh, set from CS, CCS for... <laughs> about 200 bucks i'm thinking about it you know yeah, it's, not, not? it's not too late to learn how to ollie i can it's learn how to now. ollie now yeah totally yeah. it's never too late yeah. to learn how to ollie um <laughs> i think a lot about the the david simon quote that i can't find the exact quote of um which which has changed in the time since but at the at when the wire came out it was in standard definition it was in oh this is oh okay i know where ratio. you're going with this uh, and w- this is while HBO was pushing towards HDification of stuff. This is like, you know, Sopranos goes widescreen. Everything starts going widescreen because that's widescreen TVs get sold. And he says that he doesn't want that for The Wire because he needs The Wire to look like the local news because that's what real life looks like. 
And then years later, you can see the wire in HD now. And halfway through the series, he started shooting it in HD and cropping it for three by four shots. Um, And I, part of the question there for me is like, did real life change? But when he says real life looks like the local news, what he means is people sit down with their dinner, they watch the local news. That's the frame. And it's a square box. Which, yeah. And it's a square box. Exactly. Yeah. It's a life, yeah. t- real life on TV looks like a square box. And I think that that speaks to, you know, David Simon, we all have our, our less than our issues with Sorkin. We all have our issues with Simon. <laughs> His Twitter presence is around. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it is. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I think that he really encapsulates or this, this, this thing really encapsulates the way in which a work can try to hit something uh, through a, a collection of techniques and technologies and that something that it's trying to hit can slide based on where the the kind of perceptive mode is, where the audience is at. And the question yeah. for me with a remake is, are you trying to replicate – which of those things are you trying to replicate yeah. right. in the contemporary audience? And how do you make adjustments? Do you make adjustments to try to adjust for the for a change in expectations? Um, and it sounds like Mario – this Mario collection just didn't do that. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't do – it doesn't do like, – like even just basic things like uh, if you go and look at a – if you're, you know, young enough to not have played with an N64 controller, like, you know, it's uh, it had these big, funky yellow buttons, um, mm-hmm. kind of like a D-pad on the right-hand side. And those those could function as, like, buttons that did actions, but often they were camera manipulation because the N64, like, really popularized the idea of, like, the the player can control right. a camera, has con- has agency over that beyond what the, the, the authorship of the designers and the creators of the game world. And... Um, in the way to kind of describe it in Mario 64 is that it it's like you're pushing it in increments, right? So it's like you're moving it like a quarter. Like like almost think of it as like a camera that's like if if it's a if it's a square box like you're moving it from those square around that square box that is the the Mario character and it can run into objects it like it doesn't have a where we as we think like a camera just moves smoothly around the character depending on like wherever that analog stick goes that's just not how mario 64 operates understandably they were they were foundationally conceiving what it means to build a a camera in a 3d space and so those limitations make sense but that's just no one could be expected to grab there wasn't No one had that that sort of skill set to controlling that. Camera. It also makes it, sense that like one of they could have had a fully right. They could have had a, fu- a fully uh, uh, three dimensional camera, and they might have like done play tests and been like, people are getting sick and don't understand how to like move yeah. this thing. It actually makes more sense for it to just move in like like a jump. It's like when you press the the right, uh, right the right yellow button, it moves discreetly in this direction on a predictable path at a predictable predictable speed, and that will let people like interact with the space in a predictable sort of way that you know happens in, in 2d so all that makes sense but it's like situated in a collection where in sunshine and galaxy they went in the direction everything else went in which is you know and, and they pioneered of like nah you move the camera with the, the analog stick and it moves where you want freely um um so you can get a better understanding of the space yourself as the player like none of that happens here and it's just uh the, the movement is really awkward it's interesting to play 64 sunshine and galaxy like if you literally jump between them which is not easy because this game doesn't have save states it doesn't pause like your interactions in one you have to literally like Mm. make sure you discreetly like press pause uh, save and quit or you've collected an important object and it comes up with a save spot but as you jump between them you it's actually remarkable to see the fidelity like the, the 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 fluid, I said the fluidity rather of controlling just Mario. Like you just go in a circle, just go up, down, left, and right, and just 
it's not something you notice over time, but then when you play these three games that are separated by 15 years, just how they honed in on just moving this character through this space is just it's really a remarkable thing that you just don't pick up on year over year, but becomes very obvious over time. And so it's those things that uh, make Mario 64 here like a historical curiosity. I played, I collected 20 stars. I've also played Mario 64 probably more than any other Mario game. And so I've right. internalized that game to such a degree the N64 was a machine that like went 18 months in between like major releases. Yeah. So um, if, if you're like primarily interested in like Nintendo stuff and not Turok, but shout out to Turok, I did like Turok. Um, <laughs> and, and so I played a lot of Mario 64 and I don't need to, I don't need to revisit that again. Like I'm good. Like I did that so many times as a kid. What I need for Mario 64 now is like a different interactive model. Like, it needs to be different visuals. It needs to be like slightly te- tweaked mechanics because I still like engaging with this world, but the mechanics have have shifted so fundamentally that it's, you know, when I'm spending literally 20 minutes trying to climb a hill doing simple jumps, it's like, all right, like I, I'm, I'm unable to engage with this at the level that even with nostalgia goggles, I, I just don't want to do it anymore. Um, and it's, it's it doesn't have, it doesn't have widescreen. Like they're just like basic things that, even would just be like sort of like creature well, comforts uh, for revisiting listen, it. Everyday life. Mario is a plumber. Mario is uh-huh. a blue collar guy, and everyday yes. life is <laughs> shot in three by four. Uh-huh. Looks like the local news. Yeah, that's Mario why they reformatted is, all of this yeah, to be a vertical video. Mario's like in Brooklyn. Mario lives in like Bensonhurst or something. And, <laughs> and this game does open with like they they assign a character to the camera, right? Like one of the turtles like comes right. down with the camera. It's like, hey. This camera that you're controlling is actually a video camera that a character in the world is watching you with. Like you, the, mm-hmm. the camera is Mario being filmed. So I mean, there is a little bit of the some truth. Wow, to that. anticipating Honestly, Nightcrawler by like I was decades. gonna, I was gonna make a Nightcrawler show. God damn it, beat me to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And, so and then funny. also, Super Mario Odyssey um, actually has a sequence where you revisit the Mushroom Kingdom and the opening to Mario oh, 64, right. and so. Like it's that seemed to be like a hint by Nintendo. It's like, hey, we're coming up on like some real milestones on this big 3D shift to Mario. You know, it probably at some point makes sense to like really revisit this and give it like a loving new coat that can allow, you know, older folks and younger folks to like revisit and re and like remember why this game was so important, even if it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to remember why it was such a milestone at the time. So that part fails. The other games get along much better because they're just more modern, right? Sunshine gets widescreen. Um, it didn't have that on the GameCube. Um, the controls are still fucked. They were fucked when that game came out in 2000, 2002. They're fucked now. Wait, but I find that game... Them? It's, just, it's just awkward. Like, it doesn't have, like, true, like, dual stick controls for you to, like, pilot this water. It's just you're never able to do... Like, often, we're, you know, for, if you haven't played Sunshine, like, it's, its main hook is that you aren't just running and jumping as Mario. You have this, like jetpack that can also shoot water you're cleaning up these messes you're using the water as like a um you can shoot it down which allows like you like pack sus- almost yeah allows you to like kind of sustain like and like yeah. and hover which introduces really really fucking cool movement mechanics there are sequences where like hey if you want mario to go fast you spray the water in front of you making yourself a slide then you throw yourself mm-hmm. forward which is allows you to do the fastest movement in the game there is so many cool things about sunshine and i'm a big sunshine fan while also acknowledging that like it's completely fucked like so (laughs) there are things about it that are like real problems but i they aren't like i'm able to look past them and i engage with the creativity that's there and 
I find Sunshine to be like a really wonderful experience and is the one I've put the most time into uh, so far because it's like the game that I've forgotten the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like a brand new experience. So um, that game doesn't, I'm not surprised they didn't sit down and like rethink, you know, dual stick controls for uh, for Sunshine. Like it gets, it, if you didn't like Sunshine before, you're not going to like it now. And I don't even know if they introduced dual stick controls that it's going to change that. I think people just, a lot of people rejected the movement of Sunshine and it is what it is. And then Galaxy, which is like, uh, just was a tremendous game when it came out in the Wii um, in 2006 and and remains a really incredible uh, game now. Um, some of the stuff doesn't work as well because uh, that was a, you collected stars on the Wii version using um, the the Wii remote. Um, in this one, that's either handled, if you're doing it in handheld mode or on a Switch Lite, you are touching the screen, which okay. just means you're like, there are times where I'm like holding and moving Mario and then also like with my pinky, like rubbing the screen <laughs> to get um, these stars, which um, you every 50, you get a one up. You need a certain amount just, of them. in put Jessica on your lap and have her. Oh. <laughs> to the point, you know, because you know, then she would want to grab it and then she wants to try and control Mario and right. it's, mm. it's a whole thing. It's like easier for her to play Avengers and she like tells me when yeah. the powers fill up and she's like, that one's full and I can like hit R1 and <laughs> yeah. Hulk oh, smash so it. That's, that's good. Uh, that's so great. That's Except cute. that they take so long to fill up in Avengers yeah. and then she just yeah. gets frustrated and walks away. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and so it's but but it's fine like that game is still looks tremendous plays tremendous and that stuff is annoying but it is you can you can skate by on it and so you have these three games that um i think are all very good in different ways um but you know they called it all-stars and on this on the snes they put out something called super mario all-stars which was this um really interesting experiment by nintendo where they were celebrating 10 years of Mario in in 2D and they did um aesthetic like sort of like reimaginings of Mario 1 and 2 um and I think 3 as well um they did these fascinating things where they went back and they picked and chose which glitches they wanted to keep and which they wanted to get rid of so like some glitches oh, they just lo- looked at as like this is just a glitch like we should fix this and other glitches right. were like no this is actually part of the tapestry of <sighs> of Mario um they did an art book like it was just this really People have like strong opinions on whether they actually like the art, like the music, like they're. I, I'm not uh, yeah, necessarily I, even. Um, I like, am, at the time, I remember really liking it, but even when I just look too. at it now, even when I just look at it, I'm not talking about like the philosophy of aesthetics. I'm not yeah, like sure. trying to argue. Just looking, I'm like, do I like this? Is this good? I what like it, it way less now than I did yeah. at the time, and I bet yes. I liked it at the time because I was like, oh, this looks like Super Mario. It looks new. It looks like, it this looks, looks like Super Mario yes. World. Yes. is what this looks like and um, that looks good so but but like those little design decisions and like thinking about what a glitch is and like whether that's like part of the history of the game like it showed like a real like loving appreciate like I see where the love was coming from right. in putting together this glitch. it was a celebration of a certain milestone in their development history and by attaching all stars you are like purposely invoking like that's the level of care and craft that we're going you're going to get in here, and it there doesn't come anywhere. Some authorship, is something, what it suggests. and all, all it here is of, like, yeah, yeah. It's just a, a crudely crafted menu where you can swap between the three games. There are soundtracks for the three, but the soundtrack, okay. the, the Switch does not have the ability of like a PlayStation or an Xbox where you can put on music and it'll play through the UI. So yeah, right. you can pull up the soundtrack and just sit there and I guess listen to the soundtrack yeah. in the background. I got YouTube. Mm-hmm. I got, you know. Like- yeah, that's what people, yeah, like I'm not saying it's legal, but that's what everyone's doing on YouTube when they want to yeah. listen to a soundtrack if it's not on Spotify. There's no artwork. 
There's no behind the scenes. There is just maybe this is a a uh, a consequence of COVID. It would not it would not shock me. Um, but it just uh, you know, it's not lazy, but it's boring. And it doesn't show uh, a real appreciation for the importance of these three games. And so I understand, you know, that combined with it's only going to be a a limited physical run. It's only going to be available in digital till the end of March. It just leaves like a bad taste in your mouth for three games that are otherwise on their own. And even in this collection, like largely really fantastic. And Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really happy with it. But if like you've played these games recently, they could, you know, I there are better versions of these games emulated. Like there is a PC port of Super Mario 64 that people did 60 frames a second runs a 4k, like full camera control. It gives you a glimpse of like, if some more effort was put into this, how much the game would benefit from just not, not a ton of work. They wouldn't have to remake it. There's just like (laughs) some little quality, like a little love to the technical side that would just give you a chance to like re throw yourself back into this world again in a way that's just really hard to do with what they've got here. The thing that's cool about the PC port too is my understanding and from what I've looked at in terms of video is that if you want that PC port that's a fan done one, it's just, it's just you know, yes, there's a widescreen, um, but like the assets are just the assets or maybe they've been like up but there's not. The, that's not a, text, it's not a new like texture pack by fans. Like it's exactly. just the there game. That game still things. looks timeless. If you do want a mod that has new trees and a new smoother Mario and a different Lakitu, who is the person who holds the camera, like you can get that stuff and like tweak it to be the version of this thing that you want it to be. But it can also just be the high res version of it that that you would have imagined the widescreen version of it that you would have imagined would have come. And also the version that's like runs at higher frames per second and, and all that stuff. Like, yeah, these I, games I think the PC port run it, really good. Yeah, these games run it. Uh, I think. 64 runs at 30, uh, Sunshine runs at 30, and Galaxy runs at 60, because I think Galaxy ran at 60 when it came out. And, like, I'm not right, a big right. frame rate person. Like, it doesn't really yeah, yeah, yeah. bother me. But I also, you know, more frames are better. Like, there's just, there's no reason these games... You heard it from Patrick. Sh- more frames are better. More frames are better, yep. you know? Wow. Um, wow. You finished that debate, it's over. More <laughs> frames is better. Patrick? <laughs> Wait in. Finally, uh, we can score our reviews. Quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we have some metric. All right. Well, you know, thanks for thanks for that. You can go read uh, Patrick's review up on the site now, waypoint.advice.com. Uh, what else have people been up to? I know Gita, you've been you've been getting into some Elsinore. You mentioned it on yeah, the stream yesterday. Yeah, I've been What's playing Elsinore. Yeah, this is the game, a video game. Oh, it turns video out game. I play those sometimes. Um, I play a little bit of this game, and I can't stop thinking about it, even though I haven't picked it up yet in like a, a minute because I've been really busy. Um, it's a game where you play as Ophelia from uh, Hamlet, and it's you're playing a, in Hamlet when a shit is about to pop off. Okay. So your ex boyfriend Hamlet, he's I mean he's a little <laughs> freaky baby bitch. Anyway, he's wearing all black, Damn. still in mourning from because his dad died, even though it's been like a year. It is, Ash. and it's like very very normal for his mom to marry the new king so that they'll stay in power. Having you play Crusader King, so a little dumb idiot. Um, <laughs> And uh, your dad uh, is worried about your son, who's normally the guy, or your son, your brother, who's normally the guy that can keep Hamlet in line and keep him from freaking out. But he's going to go to Paris for a while. So, yeah, you know, who's going to keep an eye on Hamlet? Right. So Ophelia in the play, uh, you know, she is the one who eventually commits suicide after being, after seeing a lot of visions and... uh, 
you know, just going a little bit crazy, mostly because Hamlet's going wackity and it, like really there's a bunch of ghosts and shit. I don't know. I was in this play in high school, so <laughs> this is my very vague recollection. Your, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, in this, it turns out that Ophelia's visions that she starts seeing, why she starts acting so weird, is because she is seeing visions of the future and mm. future events. And she didn't actually commit suicide. There is an assassin in Elsinore that needs the Denmark to fall. And they see Ophelia trying to undo it. So they murder her. But at the point of murder, she goes back to a few days ago, right before her brother's about to leave. So this is the sort of story of Elsinore. You're Ophelia and you will use your knowledge of future events to influence the timeline, try to find a way to solve Hamlet. So it's sort of like a, like, a, like a death loop. Yeah, it's okay. a lot like Deathloop, actually. I, I immediately thought of it yesterday during that presentation where they talked about how certain things will happen every day. Well, yeah, right. the playwright that writes the play that makes Hamlet confront his father's murderer, um, he'll arrive at the same time every day. And you can you will know you have the opportunity to eavesdrop on or meet up with Hamlet and try to dissuade him or tell him information, tell him leads that you you've picked up. Right. So you've got this other, you know, you've got a journal and that will show you all of the the mysteries you're trying to solve, as well as all the leads that you have um you have gained on those mysteries, and you can use those leads when you have conversations with other characters to talk to them and ask them about things. So one time I tried to tell, you know, the queen that her dad murdered, her new husband killed her old husband, and she just got really pissed at me. So it doesn't always turn out the way that you'd like. You need to have proof. Right, right. You can't just roll up in here and be like, hey, uh, Hamlet, you are totally correct, and your dad was murdered. He, you can tell him <laughs> that you have visions and you can see right. like the the future that ends with like a disaster for Denmark and he'll be like it's fucking too late I'm a goth and right. I can't stop myself <laughs> right right um what's do interesting you they do some MCR like- <laughs> yeah they do some neat things though in terms of using modern conventions of storytelling to emphasize some things that are present in the original text but maybe not like understandable for a lot of uh, readers. So uh, Ophelia and her brother are implied mixed race. Their mother is black. Oh, interesting. And they they are both dark skinned and their father is white. And this actually comes up as a plot point where they have a conversation with their dad or she has a conversation with her dad about how much she loved her mother. She died of the plague and how how much she understands that his children will always be treated by outsiders because they're not Danes. And there's a, an Indian character. Um, for, uh, Horatio is Indian in this, huh. in this version here. And he talks about also being an outsider, always being assumed to be at the center of plots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a, a little bit of a remixing of the text that's already present. But in general, I just find it, really, really fun to go into a story that is so well known and try to be like, how do you how do you stop one of these like domino like classic Shakespeare like domino effect tragedies from just completely snowballing into a mess? I haven't figured it out yet, but it it's fun. Do you, do hey, you a, is the go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna go ask, ahead. do you get I'm a feeling that question. like uh is the goal kind of a um edge of tomorrow type of situation where it's like we can solve Hamlet. You know, if Ophelia <laughs> just like plays her cards right 
like things are going to turn out pretty cool at Castle Elsinore, or does it feel more like this is a different way of like representing different facets of tra- tragic structure and like inevitable and character as destiny? I'm, I'm curious, like. Does does it feel like it's trying to solve like you're trying to solve a dramatic Kobayashi Maru, or is it like just trying to explore the text a little more from a different angle? I mean, I do feel like there is a solution so far, right? I do feel like there will be a golden run I'll eventually attain, but I also feel like the uh, the you know how in the original script for Groundhog Day they implied that Bill Murray had just been living that loop for thousands of years yeah. uh-huh. and had just like crossed all the way over the horizon of sanity and all the way back around again to crest a new dawn as a better person. I feel like that is the point at which I'll understand how to win this, you know? There's so many different factors that a lot of it is does just seem to be providing a lot of depth to characters in Hamlet that didn't get it on the page. And that this is about the, the str- this is about the tragedy of of many of the many of the other things that are happening in Hamlet, not just Hamlet's tragedy, but the ha- the tragedy of Ophelia and right. losing her family, the tragedy of, of being othered in uh, a, in, even when you are one of the good ones, you know, like that, there's a conversation about that as well. Um, the tragedy of being a woman in these times, the tragedy of, you know, just feeling like something is inevitable, something that can't, you can't stop from happening. It's just going to happen no matter what you do. Uh, I do feel like once I've, once I've figured out this Kobayashi Maru, I will have seen the tragedy of Hamlet from a lot of different angles like many so many different angles that i'm not sure it'll feel like a victory like the tone there is like you can change things but by inches right so my question is welcome to the black parade just about hamlet i think so honestly i hadn't hadn't thought about this until i made that joke and then i looked at the lyrics and i was like wait a second wait (laughs) wait is this just about hamlet it i mean i don't i when I was a young boy, my yeah. father brought me into a city yeah. uh-huh. to see the marching band. Yeah, that one so day far, I'll leave you a phantom, you know. One to, day, to leave yeah, you and I'll come back and I'll parade. tell you I was motherfucking I murdered. Was murdered, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You gotta uh-huh. avenge me. Yeah. Do or die. You'll never make me because the world will never take my heart. Like I, yeah, yeah, uh huh, uh-huh. sure. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, thank you for this update on Elsinore. I've I've wanted to watch Elsinore for a while or play Elsinore for a long time. I saw that our friend Michael Lutz was playing this it when he has a PhD in Shakespeare. I this missed the stream, but I I've was not like, seen well, his stream yet. But yeah, he and uh, Cameron Kunzelman are both doing a playthrough on Range. Oh Touch. man, we should go check it's that out. It's super fun. I really like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyone else uh, want to shout something? Shout out something they're playing. Um. Rob, I've been playing a racing game. It, it's not really like a real racing game, but it's like a racing game. Do uh, 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 you know Sumo Digital? Yes. They just put out a game uh, called Hot Shot Racing, which has the most like, it's like a Daytona USA meets a kart racer meets like OutRun. Um, that sounds like, like three good things. It's it's really really good. It's really bright and colorful. It has that kind of early polygonal look. Everything is so bright and warm. Um, everything has just like it, it has that good drifting from Sonic All Star Racing. Um, it doesn't have any like items in that Sonic Racing way, so you're not gonna like. I don't know what the Sonic items are. I don't remember what the Sonic items are, so I'm just gonna say blue shell. You're not gonna get blue shelled. There's just like drifting. 
um, speed boosting, and I think those are the, the big ones, probably drafting also. Uh, and it's just, you know, it, it it's, you know, whatever, 15, 16 bucks, and I'll probably play it uh, on, on my upcoming nighttime stream just to give me a little, a little boost of energy. Uh, it's just like, it's nice to play this style of arcade racer, um, for sure. I, I think the big difference, I, I almost wish it was more like OutRun, where... You know, in Outrun, it's like you do a section of a of a map, and you go to a new section of the map, and it connects and it connects. I almost wish it was that, but it's it's like a a track racer where you just go through these really pretty again, like Daytona USA virtual racing, like that era of arcade racer is the is the vibe, but with some updated like it's 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 a version of that with big blocky polygonal graphics, but it's like the sort of blocky polygonal graphics you can get when it's a choice to make those graphics. And that's mm-hmm. not just what the hardware can do. Um, I've been really enjoying it. You know, it's, I'm early still, like I've only put a couple of hours into it. Maybe it's pretty um, sensational. I'm, like I, I must it's say sharp, man. Yeah. Um, you should, you should check it out this is, specifically. This is definitely an example of like one of those things where it is evoking a past aesthetic, but no game from that era actually could ever way. look like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm yes. super into that. Uh, I have been playing a more conventional racing game in uh, ah, a series that is, I think, somewhat closest to your heart. Um, okay. I'm playing Project Cars 3. Oh, yeah, Project Cars. Hell yeah. And, when is that out? Uh, I think it's out right now. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It is. It came uh, out in late August. I missed this sometime. So, here's the but here are some issues with Project Cars. Um, in general, or this new one? The whole like let's let's you know what history lesson. Time. Yeah, yeah. Slightly uh-huh. Mad Studios <laughs> is a racing uh, like racing game developer that made a number of games with a Swedish publisher called Simbin, and they were part of a lot of really well regarded like GT racing games. Okay. Then they made uh, then they they partnered up with EA and made. Need for Speed Unleashed, which was like mm. a more sim-like approach to Need for Speed games, and it was all about like the violence and power of high-performance racing. Like it was a, um, it was kind of a progression mechanics racer where it's like, you know, you start out driving like a Mazda Miata or something, and then you <laughs> right, work your right, way up right. to like a you know Italian supercar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was it was definitely one of those, but like the idea was. It was all about uh, improving your racecraft and also just making it feel like you were being violently thrown around, uh, you know, by these cars because they are driving these is uh, by all accounts like kind of just a very different sort of experience. They like Need for Speed Unleashed kind of tapered off. They didn't continue it after um, after not not Unleashed. I'm sorry, Shift Need for Speed Shift. Uh, right. They tapered off after Shift Two, and then. They crowdfunded Project Cars. That was like a big deal, I remember. Yeah. And it was probably the crowdfunding, but also this was kind of them being like, we're going to make just a kick-ass sim. Uh, it was not just a Kickstarter also. It was like a very unique model with – World of mass I want to say with like uh, – Right. And like profit sharing was involved. Yes. I made a profit and- on backing that game. Did you? Yes. Wow! Wild, like in, in, a surprisingly good return, I might add. Uh, Damn! <laughs> like I am pretty sure, like it was like pay eighty dollars uh, for access to the alpha, and so I was yeah. like, I don't know if I can do eighty. 
$80 for a video game? That's criminal. Uh, in what sort of dystopian hellscape will people ever be charging more than 60? Uh, anyway, so I did it. And then like for like literal years later, I started getting money back. Um, and I'm pretty wow. sure like I ended up making like a hundred dollars back. So like 20% okay. return on a fucking. Back. Yeah. I should have backed it more. <laughs> I am mad at it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so this is like Project Cars. You played it in the, I recall you really liked Project Cars. I did. I really liked the first Project Cars, which was interesting because it was the, it was, you know, I had played some sim racing stuff on PC years prior, but, but had kind of left and, and what counted as sim stuff on console, right? Like I played Gran Turismo is really what I'm saying. Like growing up with PlayStation consoles, um, you know, each one of those that came out. Uh, that was like a fun thing I did. Sometimes I, I played them with my grandfather, who's a big, you know, NASCAR guy, and like talking about cars with him was fun. Um, and but then I kind of stopped, and then I came back to review Project Cars for GameSpot, and it was there was something about its like desire to do just that one thing with very little compromise to be the racing game, the racing simulation for people who wanted a racing simulation. Using a, a pretty wide variety of cars, um, but but not needing to, and maybe this is because it was crowdfunded, not needing to appeal to that broad crossover audience in the way that most big budget racing games still need to do. Even the ones like Need for Speed Shift that fundamentally want to be like a little more simmy still have to try to make that reach out. Or, or, I mean, you look at something like Gran Turismo Sport, which refused to do that, and I think failed to find an audience or a large audience in part in part because of that. Um, and, and there was something about it that just captured me. I think part of it was just like, I liked the assists. The assists felt smart, but they didn't feel like I could. It did, they didn't make me feel like I wasn't engaging with what the racing game was. I was still doing what was necessary to be that racer. And I got a lot of joy out of just like learning a track coming to understand, like, I remember qualifying with a good time for the first time in that game on a track and being like, whoo, I worked for that. I really had to learn the, I had to run this track over and over again until I really understood the turns. I really understood this specific car, the way the car was tuned, etc. And And it was fun, partially because, like, this isn't my genre, but this is a really good example of why people like this genre. Like, maybe getting into a really good edition of a sports game. I mean, it is a sports game, right? But MLB The Show or something where you're like, oh, the heart of baseball is here. I now understand what it is that people get from stat tracking, from seeing the way a story with a pitcher on the mound and the batters coming. Like, I I, I internalized part of what came along with the, this fandom, and that game really sold that for me. Uh, and then I didn't touch Project Cars 2, and I didn't follow this because I'm a bad fan, I guess. Well, uh, <laughs> so this is where it gets weird. Uh, so in the in that meantime, Slightly Mad was bought by Codemasters. Uh, they were acquired. Oh. And there was other weird shit, too. Like, at one point, the Slightly Mad CEO was like, I'm going to create a console. And everyone right. was like, right. cool, we're going to get acquired. Uh, like, there's just some, just some weirdness there. Uh, but... Project Cars 3 is actually, it's Unleashed 3 is the issue. Uh, and I think people are pissed about that. Uh, because, like, so, and I, I'm pretty confident in this because I was just playing uh, Need for Speed, on, uh, like, um, Shift. I was just replaying that for the first time in ages. 
And like yeah. moving from that to Project Cars 3, uh, I'm like, I think some of the tracks are effectively in Project Cars 3 as well. Like there's huh. a desert track that I'm like, this is the same place. I like I remember this turn onto a highway overpass, like exactly. Yikes. And being a shift, like being a shift game is not a bad thing. But people like really liked what Project Cars was doing because uh, in some ways like it was a really good feeling uh, competitor with like it was it was a good like halfway point between some of those really hardcore sims and right. then things that are considered a little more accessible like uh, Forza. And this is much more, hey, this is Project Cars 3, but we've gone back in that sort of progression based RPG uh, okay. direction and the car handling is way more forgiving in arcade. Uh, okay. and that is, I think not playing well. And I'm actually, I think it might, mm. there might've been some bad decisions there too. Like it's this weird, it's, it's halfway between like, it's more accessible. The cars are easier to drive, but also, um, it's a real fucking rule. Like this game's a bit of a cop. Like there are, so they keep doing these things where it's like, you got to go set a fast time. You got to go on this track and set a fast time. Tuscan Hills, go like uh -huh. race through the Tuscan Hills and see if you can like beat these times to progress. I'm like, cool. I love, I love time trials. Those are fun. They have really strict racing boundaries enforcement in this game. Like to the point where if you go over curb, go over a curb, they invalidate your lap. Uh. And but that doesn't sit well if the rest of the design has leaned towards not maybe not pure arcadiness, but that sort of looseness that comes in an arcadey racer. Right. So like yes. So for instance, you're like racing down these hills, and you know how like there's sometimes the switchback uh, corners on a hillside road, mm -hmm. and of course you drift through them. Of course you're gonna like swing the car out and throw its back end uh -huh. around, and you're skidding around. And it's going to be yeah, awesome. And you're like, this rules. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine if one of your tires goes up on the grass, uh, like off the track, and immediately the game is like, you, you, what did you just fucking do? Did you just, did you just go off the racing line? Did you just exceed track limits? Did you just disrespect this track like this? Yeah. This is the king's sport. So, instant invalidation of lap time. And you just have to re-rack. And like try again from the start. There's no like flashback right. feature like is oh. in a bunch of uh, racing yeah, games. Yeah, that's like a standard thing in racing game, in console racing games. Yeah. yeah, and so it's yeah. really weird where I'm like, I'm playing. I'm like, cool. You know, for a long time I would have loved like a new shift game. I think I also yeah. would have loved a new Project Cars game. I don't think I'm here for whatever this this combo thing. Uncanny done. marriage between the two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bummer. Because it's because it's trying I'm to sorry. invite you to be like, hey, just throw these cars around. Have a little fun. And not, that, that, not like that. Not, mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too much fun. Stop it. Yeah. God. Well, you know, I we can't always get what we want, unfortunately. But I will say. Uh, speaking of racing over the Tuscan Hills, I do want to quickly shout out the thing that we kicked off this stream with, which was our Crusader Kings 3 stream, in which Gita, uh, Rob, and I played some, uh, took over 
the 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 life of Robert the Fox, aka Foxy Rob, uh, yeah, baby. Foxy Rob, who was a Duke of Sicily uh, at the start of our Crusader Kings game and quickly ascended to the king of. Well, I shouldn't spoil anything. You should go we watch those that Tuscan stream. Hills. It's a really good stream. <laughs> those Tuscan. Let me tell you, we were whipping our fucking. We were whipping all over those the Tuscan Hills, baby. Uh, <laughs> that game is so good. We can't go down another Crusader Kings rabbit hole again because we've done it every episode for the last like three weeks. But do go watch that stream uh, at, at the top of the the Save Point archive, which I think will still be just up on Twitch right now. Uh, you know, after Save Point is over, just just hit play and just let it run for however many hours it goes. Um, that game is just so fucking good. I, I like sitting down with other people to play it is so enjoyable. Seeing those systems come together, talking through decision making with y'all, like that it was so fun. Yeah. And it made me play the game in ways that were different than I normally would have totally. talking it over with friends. I feel like this is another game where uh, Dave, um, you're not David. Your name's Patrick. I don't know why I almost called <laughs> you just David. It's because uh, anytime I mention a name on this podcast, it's my boyfriend. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I feel like uh, last week, or maybe even Monday, what is time, Patrick is talking about Spelunky just being a collaborative experience for him mm. and how much that game is dependent upon being a part of uh, someone watching a stream or streaming yourself. And there is a part of Crusader Kings that I feel like just works better when you have a bunch of people in chat shouting at you about who you should kill or seduce. And also you can talk to people who are familiar with the systems who can be like, wait, if you do this and then you do this and then you do this, you can automatically have this thing. I probably wouldn't have been able to make that kingdom. I don't think any one of us would have have done done it. it. I don't think any one of us would have done it because there were all things that that the other of us didn't have the strong points in or didn't have that yeah. default thought. Like maybe we would have remembered, like, oh shit, I could have done this, you know, an hour after you finished playing. Yeah. But we were all able to like guide King Rob to to success, which was great. So I Man. I will say like it it did help a lot having Gita offer like alternate solutions to common problems I've encountered. Like I was like, I need to keep a capital reserve on stock that is larger than is historically feasible because I'm just going to pay mercenaries whenever my heir inherits and feasts. Who knew? Who knew that feasts yeah. Yeah. could Hold solve feast. so many problems? It'll, yeah, it's a good stopgap when you're like, I feel like these guys are about to turn on me. On the, Send yeah. a bunch of gifts, do a bunch of feasts. On the other <laughs> hand, though, I do have to say, like, before we all pat ourselves on the back too much, the thing we can't take credit for at all is that. We married our kid off to a random <laughs> Hungarian lady uh, who turned out to be the queen of Hungary like five minutes later, right as Tuscany declared war on us. And we're like, uh-huh. oh, that shit, so we're in sick. trouble. We're in trouble. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then King? Yep. King? Yep. Uh, what was what's amazing to me is we if you go back and watch that stream the thing that happened is we were like we want to play in the Mediterranean maybe we want to do Islam do we do Catholicism what do we want to do I was like well what's going on in Sicily right now and we clicked this guy whose name was Robert the Fox and yeah, we saw that. the 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 motto of his house which was God's God's hand made wonders God's hand made me which whew, and we were like, we got to play this guy. And it turns out, yeah. like everyone in, you know, a Crusader Kings game, it's like, oh, this is a real person. Maybe not everyone. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of like um, composite characters and, and estimations of people and stuff in there too. But he was not just, it turns out, not just a real person. Um, ended up being the person who unifies Sicily. And then more importantly, his son ends up being real hot shit 
and leads the first crusade, which bad. Don't do the crusades. Don't uh, do the crusades. But, but I guess we picked the Crusader King. Is what I've yeah. realized. <laughs> um, also, the someone sent us uh, first class hack on Twitter. Sent us uh, a apparently the, another princess at the time who was also historian described that son. Uh, what was the son's name again? I keep Bohemond. forgetting the name. Bohemond. Bo- Bohemond. Um, thusly, I'm just going to read this description of our character's son. The sight of him inspired admiration. His stature was such that he towered almost a full cubit over the tallest men. He was slender of waist and flanks with broad shoulders and chest. He was neither taper of form nor heavily built and fleshy, but perfectly proportioned. One might say that he conformed to the Polyclidean idea. The skin all over his body was very white except for his face, which was both white and red. His hair was lightish brown. Whether his beard was red or of any other color, I cannot say, for the razor had attacked it, leaving his chin smoother than any marble. However, it appeared to be red. (laughs) His eyes were light blue, and it gave him some hint, uh, some hint of the man's spirit and dignity. This princess This lady sees a little bit of razor burn, and she was like, (laughs) I could just eat you up. Oh my god. I could goodness. just devour you. You are my Crusader King, actually. Um yeah, so we picked we picked a good character to, to start with. Truly hilarious that we we found the Crusader King. Um and <laughs> and yeah, so just go watch that stream. That stream was a blast to play. Um we need to we need to find time to get back to that sometime this weekend, I think. I think that's my that's my demand. That would be fun. All right, before we wrap up, I think we should take a dip into the question bucket and read some yes. some questionable questions uh largely of the food rivalry and bad boss variety uh, uh people have been sending those in to gaming at vice.com uh which remains our, our our email address for this stuff i have to pull up this new document i made with a handful of these in it um let's see here i oh, know it's the same document as last time i just cleared it and started the new one um all right i'm gonna start this one with uh, this email from Anonymous who says, Hey, I have a quick story in the bosses think they're bragging, but actually are just showing how terrible they are category. When I got hired as a bartender at a casino about a year ago, the CEO came to every orientation to meet people and tell the inspiring quote unquote story about how he got into the industry. As an aside, he was actually just a, a general manager, but he had renamed himself the CEO a few years ago to make himself feel more powerful. I don't think you can just do that. I'm pretty sure that <laughs> we could just do – you can't just do Wait, that. Anyway. Th- so, sorry. This is somebody who worked at a casino. This is a GM. This is somebody who worked at the casino, and his GM renamed himself the CEO. That's weird. Okay. Um, that's weirder already. The story is that when he was in his 20s, he was working the late – his story is like his – here's how I got into the business story – is that when he was in his 20s, he was working the late shift at his father's bail bond office when <laughs> when his girlfriend called hmm, – bad – when his girlfriend called to ask him to walk her home from a casino. He'd never gambled, but when he got to the casino, he decided to throw $10 into a slot just for fun. He got lucky and won $10,000. Obviously, he was celebrating, but when the slot tech came over to pay him out, the tech supposedly said that RGM had, quote, college boy hands and that he had never worked a day in his life. RGM said that from that moment on, he didn't care about the 10 grand and literally stayed up all night angrily thinking over what the tech had said to him. By morning, he promised himself that he would become a slot tech to prove him wrong. 
Long story short, he became a tech and worked his way up from there to GM over a decade or so. He even said that he would see the tech at industry conventions every year or so, and every time he rubbed his promotions in the tech's face. What is so wild to me about this is that our GM told this story as if it were proof about how driven he was, rather than proof that his ego was so fragile that he structured 10 years of his life around proving some random guy wrong. And the wild thing is, at the end of that, he became a GM and famously never came out onto the floor or did anything. 10 years in order to spite a guy and then prove him right. Bosses truly never to cease to amaze with their lack of self-awareness. Can't wait for all of us to win the union and see his face when he's to sit down and negotiate with us as equals. Thanks for all the good times, Anonymous. Thank oh. you, Anonymous. So doing what a, a miserable. I, it sounds Fuck like that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to link people to this document so you can you can read one. Uh, Patrick, I know you got to get out of here soon. Do you want to read this just next email and then and then bounce? Sure. Okay. Uh, this Click one is comes in from Piper. I'm just going to make it the top, the top one in this document for you. Oh, I, I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Piper uh, writes, Highway Pay Crew. I was raised in the home of Little League Baseball, situated smack dab in Pennsylvania. Growing up, I had always thought there was only one type of pizza because every single mom and pop pizza shop around this area has the exact same pizza. Apparently, there was a pizza shop in the 80s that everyone loved. Throughout the years, people would leave and open their own stores, very obviously copying the recipe. Now we have, no joke, seven pizza shops in a 10-mile radius of a large town that all serve the exact same pizza. They take the same amount of time to make, the same crust, the same cheese, even the same sauce. A new shop has recently opened and people are promoting it as this groundbreaking, an amazing place that makes, quote, the best pizza you'll ever have. Ooh. It's okay pizza. Not too terrible and not amazing either. <laughs> People have been so desperate for better pizza that this place is selling out materials by 11 a.m. every single day throughout what? the pandemic and before. They take pre-orders for pizza. Sony should take some notes. Oh, yeah, this is in shockwaves through the local pizza businesses. Not only are all these copy-paste pizza shops dealing with the pandemic, a new kid is on the block, and they're slinging slices. <laughs> They're slinging slices, slinging slices. I'm very interested to see where this goes after the pandemic. Will these generic shops fold? Will they try to innovate? Either way, it's going to be a wild ride in the world of pizza. Thanks for reading, Piper. That's that's, that's so fantastic. good. That's it's that so is you know good. I'm dead serious. There is Vanity Fair, GQ. <laughs> like there is an a, it's like there is an actual story here yeah. of yeah. like someone just yeah. <laughs> like adding. Some Mexican cheese onto their pizza and being Absolutely. like, ha ha, like I've mixed it up and the yeah. town going wild. So yeah. the question I really have, though, is like, so that local pizza that like dominated the seven pizzerias until like the new, like the newcomer, okay, the pizza with no name, like rode in the town. Uh, yeah. Is it good pizza? Because like that for me is the real question is like, is there some sort of like uber recipe that somebody discovered in that town and was like this is it like we, we, we hacked pizza like this is the best pizza you're gonna make in this area but people got tired of it and like now they're just throwing themselves at whatever's new i'm really curious about that original pizza me too Seven i doubt it's that yeah. good i bet i bet it's just it's just fine it's just like you're you get used to what you're used to this was slightly better than what you've had before like i don't know that it's like a magic recipe as much as like you spend enough time in like the suburbs or like rural areas it's like yeah this is like it does like the the meter doesn't have to shift a lot to yeah. be like damn like yeah. this is some this is the good like you know once i moved to the suburbs it was like great like most food is going to be pretty like chainy and occasionally we'll find like a sushi place that's like this is like 
it's not good, but like, damn, this is way better than that trash that we tried before. It's like, this is a good ass sushi. And so I think this is like way more that situation. That like one, one pizza is just like in an area where you don't have a lot of options was pretty good. And yeah. then it just like, uh, it just propagated. Yeah. Oh, and the small New England town that uh, I grew up in, uh, my parents grew up, they met in Santa Barbara, California. And the one thing they can just never Every other thing they've been like, okay, well, I mean, this is just as good as we're going to get in the town that we live in. So this is good now. This is what we decided is good. Mexican food, for some reason, every time we go out to eat a burrito burrito or something, they're just like, well, this isn't a fucking Super Rica Taqueria. So I don't know what the fuck we're here. (laughs) Fuck this. God. I just came a brainwave, though. The burrito. Yeah. A burrata cheese. Stuffed. Oh my god! With <laughs> no, no. I was like, "Where are you going with this? Burrata cheese is good. What are you stuffing yeah. it Carnitas. with? Carnitas, pico de gallo. Oh man, beans. maybe it's good. Other maybe cheese, it's, maybe it's, it's keto. Oh, man. Just a license to make money. Just feel the the lactose intolerance induced diarrhea episode that we get from that. <laughs> you know, oh, no. when 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 there's a vaccine, we can get together again. We're gonna go to Vice, and uh-huh. we're gonna finally make that that the burri- the, the lasagna burrito. What was the name that yeah. we arrived oh, on that? Do you remember? What was it? I want one though. I mean, people made it. People, oh, they refined yeah. the recipe. It yeah. got it, it looked got look incredible. Yeah, Chat's gonna be on top good. of this. Chat's gonna have this. In Thank a you, Chat. We should get on the Please next remember yeah. our lasagna burrito burrito. Uh, yeah, Rob, you want to take this next one for me? Uh, sure. This is this one confused. From confused. Yeah. All right. Uh huh. Make the top one again. Hang on, is it? Is this yeah, our last the top one? No. Why? Maybe Gita should read this because um, my browser is not updating well. So I'm like, oh. the fat waypoint. Okay. I'll take it. Uh-huh. Confused in Community College, you rallying around a new banner. Yes. Okay. A few years ago, I was working in the instructional technology department at a community college. An announcement email went out at our biannual department meeting. There were two big things they were pushing that year. We we're merging with another technology department and starting a new set of practices called Information Technology Infrastructure Library, or ITIL. This is pure academia, baby. Uh-huh. Um, I'm giving a bit of a preamble to, preamble to explain the flyer of the meeting that hit our inboxes, which was all black background with the ISIS flag logo front and center. <laughs> ISIL. It's been a few years now, yeah. so I don't know if uh, I don't remember if he tried to Photoshop ITIL into the flag or not, but I think he did. When he was called out on it, he gave an incredibly lame apology about rallying around a new banner. I'm not sure how that uh. was supposed to make it better, <laughs> and how he was just trying to make something negative into a positive. The whole tone of the second email felt like he was trying to make it our fault for calling it out. Obviously, the meeting that year had a really fun vibe once we all met up. Sorry if this is a, lot, it's a little light on details. I had to tap two other co-workers to try to piece together the quote-unquote logic behind this. Not that there's much. It's really fun to check in with, hey, remember our old boss is out of the ISIS flag to promote a meeting? Why did he do that? Anyway, love the pod, Confused in Community College. Oh, what the fuck, dude? The fuck? What? Oh. Oh. Yeah, I just try to turn that caliphate oh. negativity into some caliphate positivity. Like, yeah, <laughs> when I see an it ISIS flag, I turn it upside down for ITIL. <laughs> oh, God. Yo. Uh, this Yo, is, that dude Jesus fucked Christ. up. <laughs> a correction on a previous flyer of mine regarding the terror group ISIL. You do not, under any circumstances, gotta hand it to <laughs> Look, I'm just out here trying to establish the palafate. 
<laughs> the Caliphate of Good Information Security Practices. Oh Terrible. God. Oh, wow. Cotto, this next one is short. It's not. It's, it's like an actual food question. Uh, do you have Great. this in front of you? Yes. Give me that one. Uh, if you're making trail mix, what are you putting in it? Regards, Waz. Fuck. Too much chocolate. Oh, yeah. see, I don't want any chocolate in my oh. trail mix. But that's oh. this is just me not liking chocolate very much, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, that's an important caveat in the how much chocolate is in the trail mix discussion. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I admit it. <laughs> I'd take out all that chocolate and I'd do it again. Um, wow. For, I don't know. So yeah, what what do you what, for me? This is like nuts and raisins and like that vibe. Banana chips. I really like a banana Ooh. chip in a trail mix. Um. Yeah, cashews, peanuts, not that many peanuts. I'd rather have other other nuts I would prefer. Are you a dried Almonds. fruit in I am a dried fruit. Mix. I'm like yeah. a dried fruit person. Like I love I I'll fuck with that. I'll put some put whatever you got in there. Apple chips, apricots, like Yo, whatever. Listen, Let's go. Fucking IBS fuck me up for life, dude. It sucks. Damn. Um I, I yeah, I feel like at the end of the granola, day, right. if I'm making a trail mix, I really do want to just be eating granola. I want right. it to be like a granola base. <laughs> With nuts and a little salty stuff accompanying it, yeah. But that those oats are the bread and butter of a trail mix for me. You know what I'll fuck with in a trail mix is little like um, I, I my guess is there might be some sort of chocolate in this, but like a little peanut butter. You know they make like the little peanut butter yeah. like bits. They're like dry. Yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. that I will fuck with for sure. Like a Reese's peanut butter chip. Yeah, or like a, it yeah. almost looks like a, um, if you get like a chocolate. Um, oh, what are Bark? they called? No, not even a bark. There's another word for this thing that I'm thinking of. It doesn't matter. It's fine. But yeah, chips is probably right. Brittle? I don't know. It's not peanut brittle, right? No, no. I'm not talking about peanut brittle Brittle's at all. Good, okay. Mm. It is it, good. It, brittle is good. <laughs> doesn't really do the job of trail bits. mix. No, I, I just feel like, yeah. you know, in a trail mix, oh, you're gonna, yes. you're, the implication is that you're going to be on a trail and you need some sugar. Yeah, you true. need some uh, carbohydrates which is even more sugar, mm-hmm. uh, but digested differently, and you need some protein. And peanut butter, if you are one of these people like me that's a lactose intolerant vegetarian, it's like a great source of protein for you. <laughs> it's just a great yeah. source. Yeah. Damn. Uh, uh, people, someone in the chat said chili yeah. mango. Chili mango? Chili mango. I can eat that shit on its I own, though. I had chili mango. Yeah. Listen. My mom every year gets a carton of Kent mangoes, which are beautiful, five, like basically no fiber mangoes. And really, all you got to do is slice it, slice it up, a little bit of le- lemon juice and cayenne and salt, and it just tastes so fucking good. The Ooh. chili mango dried up is a whole different beast, but just fresh is so beautiful. It's a beautiful beast. Wazinator's in the chat and says, update, I put dried banana, pineapple, peanuts, honey roasted, peanuts honey roasted, cashews, M&Ms, Reese's Pieces, chocolate covered cherries, raisins, Mm. and cranberries. I'll put a picture of it in the food thread on the form. So great. That's 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 the thing. That's a big choice. Is like, is this a real trail mix where it's what Gita described, where it's like, I'll be out there walking around all day and I just need to sustain. (laughs) Or is it like Oh, I put on a little trail mix while I'm watching the game. And that's candy. And that's candy yeah. with different sorts yeah, of no, that's, and that's where chocolate yes. is appropriate in a like trail mix. Both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like it's definitely like This is four this is four PM. I'm like, oh, I should probably just like have a snack. Like I'm not it's not ready for dinner. And I'm like, but also like what if that snack also was like half of a 
Hershey's chocolate bar at the same time. <laughs> you just follow that chain yeah. of thought, and eventually you're like, you know, puppy chow is a perfectly is a perfectly viable uh, dinner dinner time treat. Uh, that's a meal. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it very much. Are you going in the candy direction? Or are you actually like doing something with your life? Um, that's kind of the that, that's my that's yeah. I'm, okay. I'm more All right, that's a harsh harsh fucking line to draw. Rob's acne trail cop. Here we go. No, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm, is that I'm real? Is like, that real trail mix in your bag? When we see the trail mix, what do you got in there? I'm like, this I'm is just, a real trail mix. I'm just pretending. I'm Give like, me those chocolate covered cherries. I'll need those. Look I'm underneath Rob's desk. There's twenty bog twenty bags of trail mix because he hasn't <laughs> figured out which one he wants yet. That's actually here's a, a question. Yeah, uh, when you go to grab. A like handful of trail mix. Are you aiming for a good mix of all the bits, or are you trying to like oh. eat certain parts of it? Because I feel like when depending you're on the, you have the mix, and then you're in the moment of like I'm. It's time for me to eat some of this mix. Yeah, yeah. I see. Like, um, uh, I feel like my head depending always, on the type. Yeah. Well, because the like dried fruit situation, I feel like I always want a good mix of peanuts and fruit there. Yeah. Um. Or sorry, the uh, other way around. The chocolate situation, I want a good mix of, because chocolate's so sweet, but the yeah. dried yeah. fruit, I'll end up like kind of picking at the, the peanuts a yeah. bit and then having a little bit of the fruit and like kind of yeah. going back and forth, That's you know? That's what happens to me. Yeah. Mm. I was about to say, bird. like my head says, you want to taste all the flavors together, but my heart says, I'm going to pick out all the pieces of dried fruit and eat that first. <laughs> yeah. Really? I mix it. I mix it. I'm like, because it makes, it makes it. the. Just right. Like, just like, you're just like attached to the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's how I am. I want that mix. Like that's the thing. It's like I want that fruit in there because it brings up the value of those nuts. It brings up the value mm, of the granola. Mm. It makes everything it gives everything that boost of flavor. I want the average higher. You're right that the peaks would be higher if I was just like, yo, give me that fruit. Just, yeah. mm, mm, mm. But <laughs> I well, should. I, I right, this, this seems like an appropriate time to reveal the shaming that's been happening in my house uh, to me. Um, Good. So I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah Rob, enjoy detail. this. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't like I, I don't like having like candy, ice cream in the house yeah. because if it's there, I'll snack on it. I'll eat it. It's not like a stress thing. It's just like if it's not there, I will not go out of my way to get it. I'm not gonna like go down the aisle. But like if it's if it's just there, like I'm gonna have a hard time not like grabbing some of those M and M's. And M and M's are like my like big weakness. Like I could just keep going in there. And we bought uh, at Costco recently. My wife was like, "Hey, like they got a big." old thing at M&M's, like this giant, this giant thing. I was like, okay, all right, let's get that big old thing at M&M's. And then she would look at me every time I went back to the well with like a handful. And I'm like, what, what am I getting? Like a judge here every time I go to the M&M's? Yes. And uh, then she started marking a weekend, like here's how far down you are. Here's here's wow. where you are on the M&M trail. And I'm happy to report I made it a month and a half before I made it through the entire giant canister of M&M's, which is still a little yeah, faster. a little fast. But I but we recently Stop finished shaming it. Patrick. Let Patrick have a little M&M's, you know, as a treat. 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 Well, is it, is it still a treat when it's like the third handful? <laughs> as a part yeah. of your day. As a, you know. I had a bad day the other day and ate two chocolate bars. So I fucking feel you, my man. Like the in New York, your proximity to a quality chocolate bar is like really intense. Like, cause you're just by a bodega at yeah. all times, and there's three bodegas on yeah. like within oh, equidistant wow. of my house. Oh, yeah. so you can just so think like it, my and it, it, it's yeah, real. and then fucking have it. 
they know me by name. Yeah. They know my sandwich order. Yeah. You know, like they know that I want that Hershey bar when I clearly have had a very stressful day. I see you coming. Uh, like, oh, you you need the Hershey bar today. Yeah, we haven't well, yet. Is- and my bodega had the conversation where like, yo, what'd you do, girl? And I'm like, I write about video games. And then they, I'm their favorite customer for the rest of the life. Right, right, so right. it'll happen though. Karina, no, this 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 happened to me where there's a, the, a CVS or a Walgreens, one of those like just down the street from us. Just and the, on, street, man. the only reason I was going there was to get M and M's, and I did that twice. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going there again. Yeah, like, I'm not the M and M guy. Literal yeah. only uh, reason. Man, I wasn't recognized. Guys no. for his M&Ms. Like, no one called like, me out. Yeah, I just told my wife. I was like, I came to the realization like. The only time I, I went there was to get like a big pack of M&M's. Like, I'm just not getting them anymore. She's like, but you enjoyed them. Like, you're in good shape. Like, it's you can fine. enjoy it. And I was like, no, I am just I can't do it. It's just like, why am I here again? Just to get this big bag of M&M's. I'm like, you gotta I'm get a, an ex- not coming back. This happened to me t- two nights ago. I was out for early. I couldn't sleep. So I was like, I'm gonna go out for early and I walk. I had my, like, my, you know, my, my whatever, my, um, what do you call it bag like a tote bag with me uh and i was like let me just run to the the pharmacy because it's open and get like some snacks together for my overnight shift coming up at the end of the week like i'm out now let me just go right now and i go in and i get a bunch of snacks and i get some i get some toothpaste uh, because i ran out of toothpaste and i go to go to the self-checkout and the self all the self-checkouts are shut down which they never are overnight ever so i had to go over to this dude and it was like yeah, I just came here at 3 a.m. and just picked up a bunch of snacks and some toothpaste. I did not expect to have to talk to another human being. Please do not judge my life choices. Uh, and I felt judged. I felt I felt a little judged. You know, I'll be honest. I would have been proud of you because, like, you got those snacks, we got the toothpaste. So, like, you're taking care of yourself. I'm evening it out. Yeah, yeah you're That's taking care works. of this. You eat the brush all your little teeth. Right, so- exactly. <laughs> What's uh what's your like bad decision, Candy, by the way? For me, like the thing that the thing that I love, but like I'm always like I should not have bought that. I shouldn't have done that, is the Butterfinger candy bar. Um, oh, I can't even do Butterfinger anyway. It hurts my teeth. Yeah. Oh, you have to, yeah, you gotta really Whatever pick that, that out. feeling is tastes so goddamn good though. That's so it good. tastes amazing. What is my Any bad candy, including milk chocolate with dairy in it, is like I'm sure. ask, I'm giving myself a stomach stomach ache in the future. You're like, at yeah, this point. is it worth it at this moment? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the other day when I ate two chocolate bars, the next day I woke up and I was like, is this going to be the other day where I emergency DM Emmanuel? And I'm like, I am on the toilet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, God, what is it? It's probably sour. I know what sour. it is for me. What is it, Kato? I, um, burger cookies. Uh, what? It's a Baltimore staple. Burger cookies. Uh, B-E-R-G-E-R oh, cookies. Oh, okay. It's basically a, like, a shortbread cookie with, like, Oh, these look good. The thickest. That's a lot of chocolate. Like, it hurts my teeth. Every time I get a fucking burger cookie, I'm like, yeah, this is great. I don't have this problem oh, these with are any other candy. these than I thought they were. I thought these uh-huh. were little babies. I nah, was like, oh, okay. like- <laughs> this is a Boston <laughs> cream donut, <laughs> dude. This is like a stale <laughs> Boston cream. Is what this uh, looks like. That, it's, this looks so that chocolate is so thick. That chocolate is easily when you like cut it in half. It's easily half of the thickness of the whole thing. And it's just this great, amazing, yeah. fudgy goodness. Jeez. But 
no other candy does this to my teeth, but whenever I bite into a fucking burger cookie, my entire mouth hurts. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's like too <laughs> fucking sweet, but it tastes good. Your whole oh. mouth is like fuck. It's like this. fuck this. No, oh. too much sugar. <laughs> I know what it is, uh, and it's only it's once a year, and it's uh-huh. it's around Easter, uh, mm. when the Starburst jelly beans come out. Starburst jelly beans <laughs> are the best. And I have to like they can't be in the room with me. I have to do I have to do the Patrick thing of like keep them in another room. Do a handful. <laughs> You're gonna get a handful every time you walk past them. You're gonna, but that's better than having them within arm's reach. They're so good. Easter that's John Drake go for, for understanding those, uh, this too. Malted chocolate uh, eggs, which like because the ratio is a little oh, different to get the egg yeah, shape. And man, yeah. like speaking of like shame, like I gotta eat those things like <laughs> Where I'm just like put the sheet over my head and just like devour them yeah, and like hide from God. Because uh, yeah. I Listen, yeah. It's- hide from God, don't hide from yourself. You're allowed, <laughs> Rob. I'm giving you permission. God. Um let's do one more here. And then I, I think maybe take a take a break. And then Kato, I think you're gonna come back with something for a little while. I might I might stick around for a little bit also. But this okay. next one feels like Rob, can you get this one? This the is triangle? this is the yeah, this one feels like it's from control to me. Okay, this is from Phil. Subject matter, uh, the triangle. Subject matter. Who says subject matter? Uh, what's the subject matter of this email? Uh, in regards to your question about awkward motivational messages from upper management, I offer the following example. Earlier in the year, I worked at the head office of a prominent North American retail company. The company has been around for a long time and is modernizing its taglines and images from the old look to a sleeker, geometric theme based on the shape of the logo. Thus, when the COVID time started, we received a corporate email that thanked us for our dedication and service to the triangle. It sounded like it was in a cult of some extra-dimensional being, which I guess isn't far off from some company cultures. Thanks for all you do, Phil. I hope you could hear the capitals on dedication, <laughs> service, service, triangle. To the, to the triangle. Dedication to and the service to the triangle. Uh, triangle, triangle. This is going to show up on Vigilant Citizen, like, as soon as we're done recording. (laughs) It's incredible. Uh, All right. On that note, I, you know, I think all I can say is thank you to everyone who has tuned in with us today, uh, who has has already raised $44,000 for the national bailout. For those of you who are watching live, thank you so much for your support. For those of you listening, swing through. Come hang out. We got stuff going all the time. Um, I believe that there's a schedule up. Uh, on on the, the the save point dot stream site, and if I'm looking over that, I'm seeing a bunch of good stuff coming up. I'm seeing world difficulty bitter black isle and dragon's dogma coming up late tonight. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing some Tony Hawk Pro Skater with with uh, with Kato and Jason. I'm seeing uh, some um, some Universal Paper Clips. Hell yeah, I want to watch someone play Universal Paper Clips at five a.m. That's my dream. <laughs> what about uh, yes? Yeah. Well, one Gita Jackson, who's going to be, I'm going to be working on uh, remodeling all of the existing buildings in The Sims 4. So, all of them? Uh, yeah, I'm Damn. working on a save file that I'll oh. be able to give to you people once I'm done. I've already remodeled one of the buildings, and I'm going to take on, I think, the art gallery. That's incredible. Which, um, yeah, it'll be fun just chilling, talking about architecture and the architecture of galleries and the purpose of displaying art and all that and trying to make something that looks good and not shitty. Hell yeah. So. <laughs> I will say, Gita, I swear I did not skip you on purpose. I was just scrolling up and down the schedule yeah, and seeing you what popped some out good to my shit. eyes. So, it's okay. Uh, I just got a chance to promote myself, which, as you know, absolutely. I love so you. So you're passing you the save file around? Is that what, what I'm getting? 
Yeah, yeah. Once I'm done with it, a lot of simmers do this. Little Simsy, who I wrote about her finally completing her 100 baby challenge, she has a save file where she's remodeled every single building in the world, in all of the worlds, through all the EPs, um, and also has created all of her own NPCs that she has put in every single house. I am not going to go that far. You are going to just, I'm going to leave some lots empty. She has added new houses to the empty lots. I'm going to leave some lots empty for you to build on, and I'm going to keep the original NPCs. But I am going to remodel every single building in the game that I can. That sounds great. It's going to be really fun. So look forward to that. That's that's tonight at 7 uh, Eastern, yeah. right? Yep. Yes. Um, and so if you're if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday, then that's already happened, but there's still more stuff coming, please tune in, savepoint.stream. And if you've missed it, Come watch the archives. You, the, my guess is that we'll leave the donation bucket open for a little while after the stream is over. So it is not going to be too late by the time you hear this, hopefully, to, to donate to such a good cause. Uh, thank you again for everyone who's, who's hung out. Thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Follow everything we do at twitter.com slash waypointcado. Where can people find you? At a underscore Kato underscore appears on Twitter and nowhere Gita. else. And nowhere else. Gita. Um, you can find me at XOXOGossipGita on Twitter and also on Instagram. I never updated though, but, but I'm on there. you are there. Rob. Yeah. Uh, you can find me, uh, AB testing different recipes for Baltimore burger cookies or copycat burger <laughs> cookies or burger cookie yes! recipe. Yes. Incredible. <laughs> and Patrick. Ariel Shading says, what is a handful of peanut M&Ms but trail mix that respects your time? Wow. Wow. Thank you. Shout out Thank to you. Ariel Shading. That true, is, speaks to my heart. True, though. Shout out to Ariel Shading. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. You already know what it is. And, you know, especially right now as we think about all of the ways at which, you know, uh, uh, the the disasters of the carceral, the carceral system in our country are tied to capitalism. The many, many, many ways. Let me just say, fuck capitalism. Go home and then go to savepoint.stream and donate. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think Kato and I are going to be back in a second with some star renegades. Uh, and uh, and then I'm going to bounce and Kato's going to keep it going. And then and then uh, what comes up after that? I just closed the schedule. Kato. Uh, Mega Man Zero with uh, mods, Penny, and um, Cause, Sean. So we will be right back. Stick around. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.